Welcome to video game bullshit. I'm Jeffrey Wittenhagen. I run Hagen'sAlley.wordpress.com. I'm also the Subcon 3 on forums like Nintendo Age and Club. Um, I'm, a, I'm a double award-winning published author um, for Hidden Treasures, the book that's on sale at Lulu.com. It's also on the right side of the page that you're probably listening to the podcast on right now. You can help support us. Instead of like every other podcast where they want you to give money to keep their podcast going, all you got to do is support us by actually buying the gaming book, and a little bit of that money will go toward the podcast. Um, and I've also written towards a few different gaming publications, such as Nintendo Force, Pixel Nation, and Retro Gaming Times Monthly. And we've got Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I'm big into uh, No Death Runs, High Score Runs, uh, collector of all things vintage and retro, uh, pretty much anything video game related. Also collect figures, vinyl, VHS, tap handles, old beer signs, and old beer steins. And we've got Kevin. Greetings, gamers. Kevin here, a.k.a. KWK. You can see my site on kwkbox.com. And also visit my channel, KWKbox, on YouTube at any time for support. We do lots of Let's Plays and have videos of all of us in different forms. So if you want to add a voice to a face, my channel is the place to be. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so you're starting us off, Kyle, with how far you got on Chrono Trigger, because obviously you had plenty of time to it. <laughs> I actually did play some yesterday. I'm still in that the same world, but um, I did get a little further, and then my computer crashed the second time. Oh shit! And I was like, okay, got sidetracked by the computer crashing. Yeah, it's like this that is bad. Sidetrack us. So, yeah, last night was basically a huge waste. <laughs> um, it happens. Yeah, so I, I was thinking about how much time I've had to play in the last month, and about three hours is about as much game time as I've had, which is, like, ridiculously bad. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of about the same realm. I was just able to do squeeze my three strictly on a chrono, so I got past up to, like, that lab 32s where I saved it. So. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I'm with the little rats that, like, take your stuff. Yeah, that was pretty annoying that you had to run around and chase that stupid rat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he had to, like, grab... And I had the hardest time because I didn't know that I had to hit the letter A. I thought I had to, like, physically run into him. Oh. <laughs> it was driving me nuts. And I'm like, oh, I gotta hit a button. And he doesn't even leap or something or dash at it, so it really didn't... Ugh, it was just frustrating. <laughs> yeah. That's the fun, cryptic, old-ass 90s games for you. Yeah, I, it's, it is my favorite, um... Like, uh, fighting, trying to think even the word, like, like the like combat system. Yeah, combat system, like of all really? of all time. Yeah. Wow. And uh, it's actually I I see like Final Fantasy VII all over Chrono because 
the menu screens have that blue, and uh, they no. and they also like the little windows and stuff. And then the fighting system in FF Seven is kind of close to that, except you you do like it like swirls to the battle, but it it is kind of like has that three D feel, and you can see like everything that's going on. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, the the three D feel. It's a good way to put it. It's definitely very very similar. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess now would be a, a good time to go over our little um, decision based on conversations throughout the week. Um, yeah. Yeah, basically, um, what we've decided is, is people listening to the podcast are probably tired of us talking about Chrono Trigger so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so basically, um, what we're going to do is we're going to be a lot more lenient toward the homework. Um chill out a little bit. I know Kyle, as, as he just, you know, mentioned, is he's had about three hours to dedicate because, you know, work and craziness going on. Because, um, I mean, we don't just play video games and do a podcast for a living. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not, Not yet. yet. Not that's yet. the dream. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that's the thing. So, basically, what we'll do is, um, with homework, is we're going to continue, like we were talking before, with the bucket list, trying to do the best of the best games. Um, I know we've devised a pretty extensive list now. Um, And then what we'll do is all homework will cover for about one week. (laughs) And that means that, you know, we'll play a game for like a week. Talk about it. We don't have to beat it. We can get as far as we can, play it as much as we can, and try to play it so at least we can talk about it. Um, you know, we can also research it too, because researchability is always great, because even, even if we went and played and beat Chrono Trigger, we wouldn't have seen everything it had to offer. Yeah. So researching it, being able to just, you know, talk about it thoroughly is, is really the key. Um, and then what we'll do though, is like one week we'll do a game, the next week we'll do like a chill week or something, because, um, I didn't play Chrono Trigger the last week, um, because you guys are so far behind. And mm-hmm. it actually gave me some time to play some Oxygen Verge. I was playing Dead Rising 3 yesterday. Um, cool. And basically, uh, Dead Rising, you know, is a zombie apocalypse game where the zombies are slow as fuck. And it's like you're in Dawn of the Dead, basically. So it's, it's pretty amazing. And I was just running around the town and just destroying zombies the whole time. I was just having fun. And I guess I was getting further than I was supposed to because I fought some like Chinese guy and he was like a I guess he was a boss fight and you're not supposed to do I was in episode zero like I was in the prologue <laughs> still so I don't think I should have been fighting a boss but I was just like enjoying myself like I was in um one of those montages in Dawn of the Dead is it pretty gory stuff oh it's amazingly gory there's weapons everywhere um you can actually like put weapons together so I like I duct taped a um a chain a band saw <laughs> and a sledgehammer together. Oh wow! So you could sledge- that's resourceful. <laughs> you could sledgehammer the fuck out of a dude, and then you could like you know bandsaw them into pieces. <laughs> yeah, it'd be cool to pull like wow. a chainsaw and a, sh- a shotgun, and you like saw the dude and then blow him away. Yeah, ash style. <laughs> like stick him on the saw. Yeah. This is my boomstick. <laughs> yeah, explodes everywhere. <laughs> hey, she bitch, let's go. That's right. <laughs> Classic. Gonna have to ask you to leave the store, man. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we can go all day with Ash close. They're amazing. <laughs> mm, name's Ash. Housewares. Housewares. Hell yeah, classic. 
<laughs> First you want to kill me, then you want to kiss me? Blow. <laughs> All day we could do the <laughs> quotes, but um, but yeah, Dead Rising's fun as hell. Um, the first one was on the Xbox 360. That one was like in a mall, so definitely Dawn of the Dead. Um, you were more of a photographer though, so that was you could like there was like a whole picture taking part that I didn't really enjoy. That's weird. Um, yeah. Like Pokemon then, Snap meets Dawn of the Dead or something. Something weird. Like, like I don't know, most of it's survival, but you, it was extra stuff to take pictures, and I didn't like that. And then Dead Rising 2, you had, like, a daughter <laughs> who needed medicine, so there was always that Mananan time fucking bullshit. <clears throat> Your favorite. Yeah. Like, like, seriously, that's where that stemmed from. And I realize that now because, like, you're in that game, you're running around killing zombies, and you see a countdown timer, and if you don't go back... Get the medicine, go back, and your daughter will die. So it's like, Ugh. yeah, and that's the whole. Can't be like Splatterhouse, you just let them die and they have a crappier ending? Nope. <laughs> oh. nope. oh, damn. Yeah, it's unfortunate. <laughs> and I guess they did an off-the-record version of that where you could play as the photographer, Frank West, from the first one. But hmm. but this one, like, you're some crazy-looking biker dude with, like, like, can work. He's like a mechanic. And what's cool is because he's a mechanic, he can push shit together. So he put like a steamroller and a truck together so he could steamroll over zombies and shit. <laughs> he can like nice. he can like make <laughs> stuff. So like that's like the best of all the worlds. And there was like no time limit when I was running through the prologue. It just said, "Oh, go talk to this lady." And I never went and talked to her. And it never like <laughs> there's no countdown. So I was just running around doing Grand Theft Auto style mischief with zombies everywhere. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was pretty cool. But yeah, see, and me not playing Chrono Trigger, though, I was able to jump on some Dead Rising 3. Um, and then I mentioned Oxium Verge. Um, like I said a few weeks ago, Oxium Verge is the, um, it's made by one guy. It was released on the PS4, and it is basically a spiritual successor to Metroid. Um, and remember that was the one that has like the glitch gun where you shoot it and it like glitches all the tiles and warps them all into like 16 bit and does a bunch of different, you get like a bunch of different types of weapons and things. And, you know, based on us talking last week, um, I decided that when I play Oxygen Verge, I'm not going to use any online help at all. Nice. So, and I haven't before that either. So, like, basically, I am going to wander that bastard like Metroid blind. Um, <laughs> nostalgia. I've got, keep you busy. I smell nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the thing. I want to build some nostalgia with the game. Um, and I mean, I'll have plenty of time to build it. <laughs> and sure. it, it, it's been pretty cool though, because you know I'm just been playing it for like an hour or so once a week. And it's been great. And the, the last time I played it, though, I got lost as shit. I was like, well, I don't know where to go now. And then I played it this week, and I got even, I got further. I found new nooks and crannies that I haven't visited yet. So That's broke. You Sense of accomplishment. Yeah. Broke the plateau. Broke the plateau, but I still didn't find any new weaponry. So uh. I, I got to still find that um, face hugger looking thing that you can turn into. That instead of the morph ball, you like turn into a little face hugger that can climb on walls and shit. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah, that's cool. That's, that's cool. a cool take on it. Yeah. And do you do you get smaller too? You like, I think the size kind of like, face hugger kind of thing. Yeah, it's weird. I don't think you go into the face hugger, but you like warp into it, or there's some weird mechanic I haven't gotten to mm. it yet. So, and I've been avoiding, you know, viewing shit online. So, 
Right. Just the initial review that I saw on it that made me want to buy the game, there was the face hugger in it. That's why. The only reason why I know it exists. <laughs> yeah, right now my current, I have three weapons. I have a lightning bolt. I have like a big blast. Um, and then I have your normal shot. Uh, the big blast is cool, though, because you shoot a big ball, and if you tap it again, it spreads into like six all around, like a star. So it like shoots out in all directions. It was kind of like a cool proximity thing. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, and then I have a the warp gun, which you can use to glitch out things, and I have a drill that you can like drill and break apart different blocks, and only certain blocks though. And so, like, even if I get through every single nook and cranny that I can find, if I don't check every block for drilling and glitching, I still might miss something. So it's going to be like Zelda bombing every fucking tile. Now I got to right. drill every tile. And then I got to glitch every tile. <laughs> like, it's oh. going to be never ending, man. Yeah. But, I mean, I think it'll be awesome. And I think that's what the creator intended. I don't think he intended people just to go on game FAQs and find somebody's walkthrough. That really, yeah. it really does, I think, spoil the fucking experience. Yeah, I don't think... It's like knowing the end of the movie and then you start watching it. Yeah, I don't think very many gamer game programmers, you know, have that in mind, actually. Yeah, because, I mean, it's a it's a normal gaming trope now where people are like, oh, I'm stuck in Oxenverse, I don't know where to go, let me look at the guide and just see where I need to go next. Yeah, and, and they definitely made money, you know, like with Zelda, because the, the guys are always beautiful, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think that may have started the trend of, like, guide goes with the game kind of thought. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting, and I mean, I I don't know, like I I want to experience it the old school style, so I'm gonna try my mm -hmm. my damnedest to beat the motherfucker. Right, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, it's kind of like where Nintendo Power came in because yeah, when you, ran, when you when you it was like your last resort, you know, like all right, all right, fine, like how do you how do you do this, you know? Mm -hmm. Then you'll look when you're like fed up, but to get to that fed up point, you're you're building that. You know, love for the game and everything. Well, the one real cool thing about Nintendo Power, though, was it only came out once a month, and it was very selective on what it covered. It didn't show very everything. Very selective, yeah. I mean, now you go to Game FAQs, you can find fucking everything on every... I guarantee if I look up Oxygen Version Game FAQs, there's at least going to be a full beat of the game where I can figure out every nook and cranny. At least one, if not yeah. multiple. Yeah, it's kind of like with films you know you people can go online now and see if they like it or we're yeah. back in the day we just had a picture mm -hmm. and like the the back with, with a few screenshots to like you know make oh, our, it's... <laughs> make our mind up you know you, that's you're funny. saying that's funny as shit because it's a perfect <laughs> example like um andrea is going to watch um under the dome it's a tv show that's on right now and it's based off a stephen king book and i guess it's going on its third season and I was like, oh, and I said this without even thinking about it. Oh, I'll just go on Wikipedia and get caught up so we can just start with the new season. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I told her. That way I don't have to there watch two seasons of a show that I might not be interested in. <laughs> Time saving. The information highway. They almost need to make like a forum or something where they just give you uh, non-spoiler hints towards your problem. Like say Jeff's stuck in a spot, it'd be nice they could talk to a friend or go to a forum that wouldn't tell you what to do but say, hey, you may want to relook this area and give you something vague. Yeah, it'd be like www.kevinsuncle.com. <laughs> That's right. That's what you need. That's exactly what I was thinking too. I know you were. <laughs> I would propose the idea if he wasn't deceased. <laughs> 
Hey, there's a tribute to him. There we go. <laughs> there man. you go. There That's go. true. Obtuse hints by Kevin Kill. <laughs> there you go. It'll filter everything so then it doesn't spoil. No spoilers here. Yeah, that's, that's the thing, though, is most people just don't give a shit. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. people are used to it. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, this shit happens, though. I mean, uh, the thing is, though, is that, you know, if somebody wants to, cool. I want to try to do it without it. Go against the grain, man. Fight the power. <laughs> Somebody's got to. <laughs> that's the thing, though, is that, like, it really does stem creativity, though. Because the only person that's actually getting the creative aspect of the game is the first person playing it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, another thing that I was thinking of, too, behind our, like, doing our homework as fast as we were doing it to beat the game, I almost mm-hmm. felt like we are falling into that video game reviewer trope. Where uh. they're sitting there playing the game for freaking 48 hours and then doing a review on it. And it's like they're playing it so fast that they're not getting to sit back and let it soak in. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's that's what I noticed too because yeah, especially when you're using guides while while you're playing the game. Yes. You know, then it's even faster. I noticed like that's we were good. using the guide for Rondo of Blood just so I could get a hundred percent. Like <laughs> a really good one is like Goonies. That's a really good example. Oh yeah. Because because you you got. The certain stuff that made you, you know, so you, that you didn't get hit, you know, and and then from there you could beat the game. But yep, knowing that basically was like night and day. Mm-hmm. And like with that game, I don't think the guy took away because you still had that platforming aspect, so you still had to, you know, have the skill to beat the game. And so fun just to like run around in that game. But again, though, we had to do it quickly. So we felt like we needed to use it. So yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and my thing is is that so say Chrono Trigger, okay? We're gonna wrap up Chrono Trigger after today. Um, that's just on the homework site. However, anybody, any one of us that wants to beat it, because I'm gonna beat the damn thing. We can do that on our own oh, time. Yeah, so am I, man. Yeah, I'm beating it if I'm this far away. Exactly. exactly. That's my mentality. And then I mean, there's nothing to say that during throughout the podcast we still might talk some Chrono Trigger and piss off the listeners. But that's right. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like I'm you're gonna have to deal with it. Yeah, but we're gonna talk about some major experiences with it, and we'll analyze it. Funny how you said that because when you think about like the reviews I've seen when they bum rush them, I feel yeah. I say they like reviewed a game that I played as a kid that took me months to beat, and then I watch a guy review who like did it quickly, like you said. I feel that he meant he missed key things to mention in the review, and I never thought of why he didn't mention them, and I never thought of, like you just said, he just rushed through it. Yeah. So then anything that was blatantly obvious he mentioned in the review, which I think cheapens the review altogether. Like, who the hell wants to watch a review? That's why he's just going to give you the highlights that Wikipedia gives you. Exactly. You know? And my, my major thinking behind that was is the recent game, and I don't even know if Kyle knows it exists, but, uh, hmm. <laughs> but it's called um, Bloodborne. And it's okay. a super popular game that just came out for uh, PS4 and Xbox One. Um, and basically, it might have just been PS4, though. But um, it's supposed to be like an amazing, awesome game, but everybody was saying it was too short. It's too short, it's hmm. too short, it's too short. And come to find out that it was all the reviewers doing review copies, and they were playing it fast as they possibly could so they could get the review in first. And oh. basically what the what I've read from people that have the game now is that they're like, 
yeah, you could beat the game in like eight hours if you just go and try to beat it, but there's like 20, 30, 40 hours worth of stuff to do in the game. I see, your side quest stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, if you're sitting there trying to bum-rush the end, you're going to have a shorter experience with it. You're going to miss, like you were saying, some of the sl- some of the uh, subpoints, the subplots, yeah. um, and you're not going to get the full experience. So, I mean, there's a give and take, and, you know, I just, I think that us going at it a much more relaxed way will be amazing, and... It also gives us an excuse every other week to talk about some crazy shit. I know Kyle likes to talk about crazy shit. All the time. That's how he rolls. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, I actually, um, I got through the newer episodes because I, uh, when I go running, I listen to, to our to our podcast, other podcasts and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I was mm-hmm. listening to the um, our top three favorite items one, and that one's one of my favorites. That one's so great. Yeah. Stories. That's an awesome one. Yeah, as we're all going over personal stories. So, like, we need to do more shit like that, too. Yep, um, I'm all about the personal stuff. So, like, change it all up, and that way we have cool, specific, you know, episodes. So, that being said, this episode should definitely be focused around news. There was a bunch of crazy fucking news this week, and mm-hmm. I definitely think that we should be able to cover some inf- information. Now, there's two huge, huge pieces of news that came out this week, and... I'll let Kevin cover his. I got a bunch of different things about it, but um, the first one, um, it's called Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's coming. Oh, yeah, it's, it's coming. It's by Koji Igarashi, and it's the spiritual successor to Castlevania. Um, for those who don't know, Koji Igarashi is the guy behind... Symphony of the Night, Rondo of Blood. He was the guy we were talking about when we did the Rondo of Blood episode. He's one of the guys that was, like, the producer of those games. Fucking man. So, apparently, I didn't know he left Konami, but apparently he left Konami. (laughs) Um, And here's the fucking kicker, alright? He, in this video, I don't know, did you you both watch the video? I didn't watch the the video, but I read a lot about it. Oh my god, Kyle. The video, Igarashi's sitting in a fucking throne, just like Dracula, and he throws down (laughs) his glass. Fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Miserable pile of secrets. Exactly. It was awesome. Like, he completely reenacted the Dracula scene. It was awesome. And the thing is, though, is that he mentions Konami didn't think that fans wanted a 2D Castlevania. Oh, man, it shows how dumb and And blind they're... Here's the irony. In two days, I haven't checked it in the last hour... They're almost at two million dollars. Yeah, I yeah, <laughs> two when, million. I, Konami. when I checked it, they were at um just over a mil. So it was yeah. um it was one point eight or one point nine uh, this afternoon when I checked it. So and Lord. I mean I backed it because they're actually even though it's going to be a smaller sized game i'm using quotation fingers you can't really see it cuz we're on audio <laughs> <laughs> um they're doing it on a physical disc mhm because nice. they're catering to the, us niche collectors that we are and the thing is is that 2 million dollars not really that niche i don't know <laughs> yeah and i, no, I saw some pictures like it. it sure looks pretty yeah and the thing is this is another game just like Mighty Number no. Nine, 
That's proof that spiritual success successors are very lucrative and popular right now. Definitely. Take the dude who was, you know, worked on Mega Man, make a Mega Man clone, four million bucks. Wow. <laughs> it was I think it was three point eight million. This one, within a day and a half, is at two million. They're definitely going to uh, be another extremely successful Kickstarter. Yeah, and I, I think she's very interesting character. Um because uh, the main character, she's cursed, and she's, like, crystallizing slowly, like, her body. Yeah. And so she has to find, like, a way to stop it. And there's another guy who's, like, way far gone. He's has the same curse, and yeah. he's, like, almost, I don't know, he's, like, near crystallized, but he found a way to, like, survive. So she has to, like, find him, and, they ha- and then it's kind of like... Uh, that whole character development that they they put in Symphony of the Night and in in Rondo. Yep. So yeah, um, it, it's going to be fantastic. Was he involved with the Super Castlevania also? No. No. <laughs> I was just curious. I was just We're curious. both like no. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody likes those games, Kevin. But you, no. <laughs> now it's Ego. Ego was um definitely behind the like Kyle was saying the narrative. Um, the okay. narrative-based Castlevanias, yeah, and, and the 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 depth that the characters have, and they have a little yes. story, you know. Like Alucard this, this game has, is had gonna a story, be, you know. This this game will be a masterpiece if he pours the heart that and soul that he did into the Castlevania games that he was a part of. the The irony was is that after you know I realized that this was the guy that we were talking about a couple weeks ago. I looked him up on Wikipedia, the glorious Wikipedia, and all the games that he was a part of at Konami, I, like, have them, which is weird. Like, random game called Nano Breaker, I have it. <laughs> now, and how is that game? I was I was wondering about no that. No idea. I haven't played it. I have it, though. Interesting. I, okay. I got it for, I mean, I got a ton of games for, like, you know, I look at the box art back in the day, because they were a dollar apiece. Pick it up. You know what I mean? And Nano Breaker looks awesome. I think what it's does like it a, look like? Yeah, I think it's like a beat 'em up or something. Hmm. Um, and I mean, it like I think there's a dude with gray hair on the front cover. I, I can't okay. even, don't even recall. Like it's mm-hmm. it's been so long since I've uh, you know, even looked at it, and I never, sure. I never even played the game. Um, yeah, there's a dude. I'm looking it up right now as we're talking. Yeah, there's a dude with a sword and gray hair on the front cover. Um. It's hilarious you have it, though. You can make, like, a little shrine. Oh, yeah, I can make an ego shrine. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, now, here's the thing. The, the, the first screenshot on Wikipedia is a guy with a scythe, your guy with gray hair. He has a scythe, and there's blood everywhere. There's three zombies split into pieces with blood squirting everywhere. Well, that sounds amazing. <laughs> like, this game looks <laughs> off. It looks like, you know, classic. We'll take it horror where, where, the, where as soon as they cut off an arm, like, blood squirts out <laughs> profusely. <laughs> that's what it looks like I like Iga already yeah the Symphony and Rondo has some pretty bloody like animation especially Symphony oh yeah there's one where the guy like got you cut him in half in the torso and he fell and then blood like sported up from the torso it was yeah. that was a great death animation
also, do you know the other piece of news that goes hand-in-hand hand with this, this Kickstarter? Shoot it up. So, it goes hand-in-hand hand with it. Konami announced <laughs> the day of, or the day after, which would be like today, <laughs> they are done producing physical games because mobile gaming is the future. Wow. Oh, they said they are not producing any more physical games at all because it is not lucrative. <laughs> Money calls. Money calls. They know, but it's like they say yeah. that, and then Ega raises two million dollars in forty-eight hours. <laughs> yeah, it shows how blind the the executives are. You know, they, the last yeah. time I checked, it takes a damn good game to sell it on any type of medium. Yeah, and it goes both ways. If it's good enough, I'll buy physical. And just like um, Shovel Knight's a prime example, I personally really hate buying dlc games yeah. i'm almost fully against it and that one twisted my arm because i didn't have any other option and the game just looked that damn awesome so i <laughs> i shut up and did it unfortunately but well it just goes to show you it can go either way well where where i work we just look at numbers and we shoot ourselves in the foot all the time yeah because all we do is look at numbers we're not we're just looking at oh mortal Kombat x made this amount we can make this amount. We're not, you know, I mean, and we're not, I'm not making games or anything, but I'm just saying as a game company, that's probably mm-hmm. what Konami's doing. They're just comparing other games and what they've made and not really taking into consideration, you know, like there's a fan base for Castlevania that's, yep. that's rabid mm-hmm. and you can cash in on this. Instead, they're saying, oh, well, you know, the, the nickel and dime market is here and um, it's time to start. Yeah, making some money off that, and that's that's where everyone's going, you know. Yeah, it's like the free to play market is what they were concentrating on, and I guess the CEO is new. I don't know how new, oh but he's, he's pretty new. And oh boy, and and the, the irony is, is bad. <laughs> this is exactly why. I think you know why the guy left? Yeah, because most <laughs> most new exactly CEOs why, have, a ch- have a chip on their shoulder and something to prove yeah. that they're new. But like I was saying, though, this is exactly why Kojima left. The guy who's behind Metal Gear, he left. Already, so like he probably saw this shit happening. He's like, "All right, I'm getting fuck off this burning ship." Yeah, yep. <laughs> so like for real, like they're gonna go to free to play model, and it's like, why wouldn't you, as a new CEO, take a look at where they currently are and say, "All right, they haven't really been milking their nostalgic freaking series at all," and start yeah. jumping back. I mean, I'm looking at Konami games staring me in the face. You have fucking Contra. The last one they made was what, for the DS? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? That was a long time ago. That was a great game. I beat that one. But But if you made one, like, the first Contra, do you know how much fucking money you would make? Because the fans are crazy, you know? Yeah. That's a a great Kickstarter, like, of revamped Contra 1. And, And think about this. So what? They're Konami. Who's to say they don't just take a portion of their company and say all right you guys are dedicated you're gonna take contra and take it to kickstarter there's no risk there because if the fans want it they'll pay for it exactly and if the fans pay for it we'll fucking make it like and then we'll pour all our resources behind it and make it amazing like why wouldn't they do that it's like they just don't get it and if they release contra on a fucking iphone it's not going to be the same and they don't get it because they're just looking at numbers. They they're, yes. they're not taking like emotions into consideration. Well, yeah, they're 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 looking at oh well, we can pour 
X amount of resources into this, and it's and only going to... it's going to make this. Exactly, but then... Yeah, it's like the analytics of it is all that they're concentrating on. Come on, Contra on the iPad is the future. <laughs> well, it, believe it or not, there was a <laughs> Star Wars game that recently came out, and it had a copy where you're Chewbacca in a Contra game. Just came out. Oh, and it's, cool. it's Contra, and it controls like shit. Because it's on an, it's, and it's on an, I played it on my iPad just to see everybody's raving about it. And it, it controls like garbage. Your freaking touchscreen and everything. It's terrible. God. Basically, like the new Castlevania is going to actually be released for PS4 and Xbox One. That's pretty much what needs to happen with any new awesome, like, would be Kickstarter, like a yeah. Contra or Super C remake. Exactly. I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> it makes no sense to me. I mean, it always goes back to like when we were kids and when the new systems were coming out, and we we're like, man, hopefully they just, you know, make a new Contra and use the space that the new consoles have and just make a giant game. That was always the thing that I always used to say. So take Contra, keep it eight bit, and make a million levels, billion levels. Yeah. No. I kind of understand what you're saying. It's kind of like, I, that reminds me of how you went from original Nintendo to Super Nintendo. Yeah. I always felt that you had Metroid on original Nintendo, which was great. It was 8-bit. And then you go to Super Nintendo, so it's like everything that they wanted wanted to do that they couldn't do with that one, they just did it with this one now. But it's like the same game enhanced yeah. to a certain degree. If they did that with all the games and all the consoles and just kept remaking the franchises, keep the same idea, and then just take it to the next level that the council can supply. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great way to graduate. I mean, those games, everybody buys. Yeah, no, I mean, that's essentially the plan for a game franchise, but most of the time they try to either innovate too much, or people complain yeah. that they don't change it enough. I've seen that too, or people like complain that, it, that the last game was too similar to the, to the first game. And <laughs> so, like, yeah, explain that about the Mario series, which is still thriving with this is the same damn jump on Goomba down a pipe shit that I buy every damn time it comes out. If yeah. it ain't broken, don't fix it. Come on. Exactly. Come on. The classic yeah. golden rule. I mean, do, do you remember, though, when the Mario Brothers new Super Mario U came out? You remember the reviews? Yeah. You, yeah, I remember. I remember the reviews, though. Everybody was bitching that is the same as the last one on the Wii. And you want to know what's funny? Everybody's bitching, yet it's still sold and still got, I believe, a 9.7 on IGN, so yep. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> this small group has just got a bunch of loud mouths. Exactly. It isn't generating the numbers. It's stupid. That's yeah. my opinion, exactly. too. Like, I, I say yeah. make another fucking new Super Mario, because you know what? I played it, I beat it, and I enjoyed it. It was amazing. It worked. Oh, yeah. yeah. If anything, if they want to keep making money, they could, like, sell DLC packs of, like, a whole nother world on top of, like, the Mario 3D worlds. Wouldn't oh. you just pay an extra five bucks for a whole nother extension on the game? That'd be amazing. That lasts for ten hours? Bam. Right there, dude. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, all I gotta Perfect. say, though, is that there are only a few cases nowadays that I will buy a game new. And one is a Mario or a Zelda game. If they released a new Metroid, yep. I would buy a new fucking Metroid. Um, no. you know what I mean? Like, the franchises that come out. So, when Ega did this fucking game, guess what? Physical copy on the new system? Yep, backed it. Because <laughs> this is a spiritual successor. Same thing with Mighty Number no. 9. Spiritual successor to Mega Man. Bought it. You know what I mean? And he did a physical copy as well. 
Um, oh, this this game's gonna be a masterpiece. If I oh. had that system, I would have totally backed that. And that's what I was saying. Like I knew Jeff would. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you, you're gonna get an awesome package. Which one did you do? Um, not, did, not even money wise, but even just like, what are you gonna get? I did the physical box one. I think it was probably sixty bucks or something. It's like an actual legitimate release price. So I think it was like sixty bucks um, for CIB disc game. I saw ones that went to like 150 or 200 bucks. Yeah. Like, there's super crazy sets you can get. Which... Now, um, with Kickstarter, what I like to do is, is I like to back them. If I like it, I back it immediately where I would, where I'm comfortable at. And then what I do is I wait it out for about you know 20 days or so, mm. and I see where the stretch goals go. Because a lot of times, this one's doing stretch goals plus like achievements or something. So if enough people share it, it unlocks more shit. Like, they have some crazy complex system. It looks cool as hell. Um, yeah, they, they went nuts with their Kickstarter. Something to definitely take note of. Um, mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. basically, like, in 20 days or so, I'll look and see what they got and what um, what I can add on to it. Because 20 days is a new pay period for me, a new paycheck. So, <laughs> like, I already, yeah. you know, I already allocated 60 bucks. Now it's like I can allocate another 10, 15 if it's something I like. And that's the key because I think the guide or so, they were doing something and one of the Kickstarters, um, the, the stretch goals was they changed it to a hardcover or something. So, I mean, that'll hmm. be cool as hell. So there might be so, like some hardcover guide that comes with it. I might back that. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Yeah. Now, can you take your current order and like upgrade it? Yep. That's fucking badass. Mm -hmm. That's a great, great thing, yeah. Um, And, I mean, one thing that, because, as you guys know, I'm planning on doing a Kickstarter in the future, um, mm -hmm. you can also do add-ons. So, for example, um, if, you know, you buy the physical copy and you wanted something like another physical copy, instead of backing the thing twice, you could just add another, you can add $60 to your pledge, and then you just... When it's time to check out, you say sixty dollars is for this, and you know what I mean. It's like, or ten dollars is for donation for your project, or sixty dollars is for another physical copy. Um, and that's if they allow add-ons. Some Kickstarters don't; others do. Um, it's just another way to you know make some extra money for non-limited items. Fucking cool shit, though. And this Kickstarter though looks awesome. I definitely mm -hmm, would mm -hmm. recommend it to anybody. Yeah, this yeah. is like the coolest one I've ever seen so far. Yeah, it's it's awesome, and it's Castlevania. So I mean, no matter what people say, yeah. they're calling they're calling it Egavania. <laughs> Beautiful, because they can't call it Beautiful. Castlevania, so they call it Egavania. Works for me, man. Yeah, and I mean, he is the one that created Metroidvania, pretty much. Him and his buddy. Egavania. Yes, he was yes. one of the creators of it. He he took it to the next level. Yeah. Well, like I said, he he made it into like a huge showpiece. Yep. You know, and he took things and made it gorgeous, you know. what Like, what a mind. And he, he just knows how to do it right. Exactly. And that's actually rare because, you know, you, you just see a lot of things. And you're like, why did they do this and that or this and that? But all of his games, you don't ask that question ever. Nope. And it's like, The cool thank thing you. <laughs> is, is that, like, Mighty Number no. 9 did it, and now this one's doing it. And they're doing a lot of fan participation. So, like, basically, they're, like, asking people, do you want the main character to use a sword or a whip? Because, <laughs> you know, as you know, um, 
Alucard used a sword, whereas mm-hmm. Simon and Trevor and Richter used a whip. Those are like two of my favorite weapons ever, so yeah. perfect. So, I mean, I say, and I don't know, I haven't, they haven't, you know, come out with the um, poll as far as I know. I would say both. Why not be able Replay to value, it? yep. Replay yeah. value, man. Have Open another character that can do it again, just like Rondo. Yeah, either dedicate a character to each one with different attributes and different skill sets. Or you can choose at the beginning. Or equip your character with whatever you want. That super lay yeah, out like Symphony of the Night. Yeah, like Symphony of the Night, and you can just equip a whip or equip a you know a sword. And I noticed like on the some of the pictures and stuff, like the whips, like there's like a whip, and then there's like a vine living whip or something too. Oh, that's cool! Yeah, I can't believe no one ever thought of that before. That's badass. Yeah, like a green plant. Whip. It's like with thorns on it and shit. Dude, that's the shit. Yeah. You could go, yeah, you could do a amazing. lot with that. Yeah, you could do like a curse. Like it, it curses like the enemy, like the poison ivy. And, and it goes it on them, to the you know? whole infectious scale aspect too of the character. You know, like Man. you said, the female character is like infected with this scale thing. Yeah, yeah, she has like the crystallization. Yeah, so on her body. I mean, yeah. maybe that crystallization can have an effect on the whip, the light, the living whip, and make it more powerful as she gets more infected. Yeah, you know. <laughs> See, now we're thinking out loud yeah. and giving great there you feedback. Go. But yeah, I mean, that right there, man, that's freaking awesome shit. Um, and that's definitely newsworthy, without a doubt. <laughs> Um, now, what was the uh, the one that you sent us, Kevin? I mean, I had the notes here, but w- what's your news piece? Um, news piece, I was actually at work on my lunch break, and then a guy comes up to me, he's like, so are you going to compete in that contest? And I thought he was just screwing with me. I'm like, what contest? He's like, I thought you liked Nintendo and video games. Don't you keep up with the news? I'm like, what? He's like, you know, they're having a new world championship, and I thought he was joking with me. And literally, it posted, like, I think it posted at, like, 12 o'clock at lunchtime. <laughs> and then he showed me the article. He just saw it, like, five minutes when it posted, so he blindsided me with it. Nice. And, uh, yeah, they're going to be doing, after 25 years, 1990 <laughs> was the last one. The question that I have is, is Fred Savage still able to do another movie and do The Wizard 2, is the question. <laughs> Badooch. <laughs> so... I'd go see it. Did you, did you guys watch the video for this? Oh <laughs> uh, yes, it was pretty funny. A montage Reggie did. Yeah, so and, so basically, uh, Reggie fills May, which is the head for Nintendo of America. He's like looks like a goddamn robot, and he, they he parodies himself because he knows he's a damn robot. <laughs> like yeah. like he's funny. He's like, just so you know, like we're doing the Nintendo World Championships. And I'm going to compete, so I quit. And he, like, brought in his son and, like, said, take over, son. It was, like, a little kid sitting there, and he's like, uh. <laughs> and he goes into, like, a gym. He's wearing a little Mac freaking pink sweatshirt, and he's punching. <laughs> and it's, like, playing, like, take it to the limit. Hell yeah, <laughs> like, Scarface. He was GameCubes like, as a weight barbells. He was using GameCubes as weight barbells. He was, he was uh, pressing, um... Super, Super scopes. scopes. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Like it was awesome. Well, a lot of people liked him on that uh you know, the power pad, he was going nuts. Now, I've been, you know, following social media after this was posted <coughs> and all they said was they're doing Nintendo World Championships and that you're gonna be able to compete at select best buys. Not every yeah, best buy. Of major cities it's uh Yeah. So you'll be able to compete at select best buys. Um, and, and be able to get into the finals, and I think the finals will be in L.A. or something. Um, yeah. And then the finals will also be online, live, 
so you can watch the finals as well as people in the area can go, you know, see it. Um, now, on social media, everybody's flipping out like, oh, what are they going to use for games? Blah, 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 blah. And nobody is thinking of this logistically, like smartly. If, if I told you, Kyle, and this is coming from Kyle who doesn't follow anything news uh, and Nintendo's doing the Nintendo World Championships how are they going to do this at Best Buy Kyle what do you think it's going to be a clusterfuck is what it's going to be why, why, do you, why do you say it's well, going to be besides the obvious why, why do you think it's going to be a clusterfuck because everything is just because Best Buy already is that way everything's just so crammed together and no one knows what the hell's going on in, in the first place yeah I agree and then you're going to have all these people running around and there's these other people that are going to be shopping, like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. And and it's, uh, it should be pretty funny, actually. <laughs> now, everybody's, like, wondering, like, oh, what are they going to do for games and all that shit? And and I posted it on a few people's just to get them to shut up. But um, <laughs> here's, here's the thing. Um, NES Remix 2 has the Nintendo World Championships on it. A new version. Yep. And it has Mario 1, Mario 3, and Dr. Mario. And they have online yep. scoreboards already integrated, so they already have a backbone to the game, so they can track that whole thing. Um, and Best Buys already have Wii U's on display, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. there'd be no new hardware for them to install. All they'd have to do is, you know, have NES Remix 2 on it. Um, that's if Nintendo's a bunch of lazy fuckers. Um, <laughs> Hell yeah, preach it. Yeah, and that's the thing. If they're lazy as shit, they're just going to use the one from... NES Remix 2, and go with it. Um, if they're not lazy as shit, um, they'll take that whole backbone and apply three games to it. So, they'll probably use Dr. Mario or like Dr. Luigi, which was a newer game that came out for the backbone one. In my opinion, they should use that fucking marble game from Mario Party 10 as the final game. That's- <laughs> he loves that gem drop or jewel drop. Whatever the fuck it's called, drop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That game was Supposedly cool. it's badass. Wasn't Candace that playing it for cool. hours, too? Yeah. Everyone's playing it well, for hours. I, I'm huh? saying, like, check that out. that's the closest thing to, like, a, a Tetris-style feel or Dr. Mario-style feel that's new. It's right. Not, you're not retreading what, what's already been done if they did mm-hmm. that. Um, right. But that's the thing, though, is that they could take any three games that's on the Virtual Console, throw them together with a score... And add that backbone architecture that's already built into NES Remix 2 for online scoring just for the tournament. And they could do that. And the best part about that is, is after the Best Buy thing, alright, they could release that on the Nintendo shop, and everybody could download it for free to play. And then make it a worldwide thing later, not part of the competition, but worldwide later for leaderboards, too. And just to give back to the fans. And then on top of it, of course... If they weren't bastards, they could um, have a physical copy of the game limited that's given to the winners in Los Angeles, just like the cartridge from the World Championships. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like right. they could do this right. Uh, my yeah, my yeah. opinion, they'll probably just use Remix Two and be lazy. That's that's my opinion of it all. <laughs> my would, thing is, why haven't they been doing this all all along? You know, um, was it Nintendo Age? Somebody posted. Of course, they posted the thread Nintendo Age. And I guess they have done a bunch. They just never publicized it. Oh, okay. Yeah, remember they had the campus challenge? No, I'm not even talking about anything from the 90s, man. I'm like talk- the actual championship? I'm talking too? about, oh. like, in 2006, there was a, a Wii Championships, and one guy posted a trophy from it. And then there's, like, another Nintendo World Championships, and, like, 
five years ago or something that they didn't really publicize. Like, I don't know what the hell they were thinking, like, but... Well, those didn't count, apparently, because they say this is the first one in 25 years, so this one's going to be a little bit different somehow. Well, and the Campus Challenge apparently didn't yeah, count either. True. There was two Campus Challenges and Power Fest. Like, after yeah. the World Championships, there was three... There was Star Fox competition. And there was Star Fox, and the Donkey Kong competition, and the Blockbuster yep. Championships. Like, there was yep. plenty that Nintendo was involved in. Blockbuster was Sega, though. Um, but there was plenty that Nintendo was involved in, but it's just like, they, they like to wash their hands and over-exaggerate sometimes in Nintendo. So the, so the question is, what do you get if you win? Yeah, I mean, they'll probably... A Geo Metro. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever it is, it'll be cool. I mean, the, the irony is that the winner will probably get like a Wii U or something that they're already I think it'd have. be cooler if Thor came and won again. He could. Hell yeah, like takes it. Thor needs to destroy it. I hope he hears this podcast and starts training. Comes Thor. in there with a belt. He's like, this is mine. Kept, Even Kevin though he like killed. pushed in his cartridge for like 50 bucks back, back 10 years ago. Yeah, then Kevin, you'll you'll go up against him and it'll be great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, I'm really going to make it with my old thumbs. I can barely handle bar- regular Mario nowadays. Old? <laughs> so you think well, you're that, not that old yet. So, so Kevin, you think, Th- you think Thor got rid of his cartridge? Yeah. I, I, I would be guessing. He probably no. didn't realize the value no, of it. No, he didn't I get rid of the, the cartridge, trophy. man. Thor, like, I actually know Thor. Like, he didn't get rid of his shit, dude. He, um, he actually oh. went and was, like, on the Home Shopping Network as the World Championships winner. He was selling freaking Nintendo games on Home Shopping Network. Hell yeah. Really? Hell That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, like... <laughs> hey, he deserves the publicizing. He won. Yeah, the, the thing, the thing awesome, that sucked, man. though, was is that um, for him is that his parents actually um, were pretty rough off, so all the money went toward his like family. So he actually supported his family for years doing that. So he's a good man, wow. Charlie so, Brown. So he's a good man, but it also like burnt him out on games completely. Um, <laughs> because he kind it kind of demotivated him because he was you know he he was doing it for a living at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so like if you watch the um, the Tetris documentary, it's called Ecstasy of Order. Um, it actually goes yeah, in, great. it goes into his background a lot and I mean you could see like he was part of the world championships and he kind of didn't even try in it just purposely because <laughs> he didn't want to and then he shows at the end of the thing at the end of the whole documentary he goes and breaks every world record that exists back to back all in the same run just because he can't wow. <laughs> like, like in, on the championships he like got eighth out of eight or something <laughs> just because he was just sitting there like yeah I'm just gonna let them win like and then he sits there um, the other thing is, though, is that, I mean, he is a competitive gamer, but, you know, who's to say that he didn't just play it a million times for the camera, you know, on the Ecstasy of Order, and then that last one is what we see. Mm-hmm. That, too. That could be. But, I mean... There's probably some, some truth to that. Yeah, I mean, there could be. Well, if he's not going to compete, he should at least hand the trophy to him or something. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and now Thor... It's like passing a belt in wrestling. Yeah. Right? Now, Thor really has good. done, um, <laughs> you know, what Howard has done from Howard and Nestor. Howard, um, he sold a few of his Nintendo items recently on forums, and Thor's done the same thing. He's sold a few items here and there, but mm. I guarantee you, like, I don't know for sure. He, he could have sold this shit for a dollar back in the day, but um, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure he still has it. I was just guessing. That, you never know. No, there's Probably no way. Not, there's no way. I wouldn't have. <laughs> Fuck no. But, I mean, we hold on to everything, so... <laughs> <laughs> We're a different breed. We're regular retro hoarders, so we should. Fuck yeah, we are. <laughs> You're definitely the retro hoarders, man. But, <laughs> He's um, got issues. 
Hell yeah, we do. You got an issue? Here's a <laughs> tissue. Uh, so, yeah, the Nintendo World Championship should at least be fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, if there's yeah, a Best sure. Buy down the road, which I highly doubt I'll have one in my area that's going to participate. But if they do, I'll go. I'll try. So, yeah, Kevin, like, you were asking me, you know, should we should we play or whatever? I don't know about play, because I suck at those new games. So I've never played yeah, them. I think it'd be hilarious to at least do a quick field trip video to show how bad we failed, but at least it'll be epic. I just think it'd be hilarious. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think mean, it'll be hilarious just to see the fucking fiasco. Uh, yeah, that and the, <laughs> just having footage of at least a local store in an, in an area be like, hey, this is how crazy it is. Or we go to a store and we're in an area that doesn't give a shit, so we're like the only ones there. We're like, yeah, we made it. <laughs> yeah, I'll see if Judy can go too. It'll be a, a There you go. Affair. Everybody will be competing. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have your whole cheerleader uh, fan base and everything. That's We're right. all family now. <laughs> That'd be funny. It would be cool just to uh, get it on video for like a, a montage later or something. Yeah, dude, yeah. for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Watching Kyle yeah. fucking around with all the little kids, making them cry. I think it'd be funnier if they actually <laughs> just that like, uh, did all the old games and didn't even do any modern ones. Yeah, I, I highly doubt Nintendo's going to go completely retro <laughs> with it, though. Yeah, I'm sure it's all the modern ones, but still, people can dream. Yeah. I, I really think they're just going to recycle and use NES Remix, too. Huh? They're lazy as fuck. <laughs> They'll do something different. It'll just be like uh, that, what's that from Nintendo Land, that Donkey Kong game? It's just like that. Whoever can do that the longest oh, wins. yeah. <laughs> It'll be like something really lazy. Yeah, it'd be freaking hilarious. Um... So another piece of news, um, and it's not really news, it's a video that I saw, and it was pretty fucking awesome. Uh, there was a guy on YouTube, and he played this on, um, legitimately, without any tools or anything. He played Mega Man X and Mega Man 2 simultaneously with one controller at what? the same time and beat the entire game. Both games at the same time simultaneously. So it must be a certain pattern you gotta follow for that. I have no idea. He had to have watched, like, one screen and, and went over to the other screen and knew where not to die type thing. Because he was playing through, and I, I watched, like, the first, like, 20 minutes, and it, he doesn't even die. Like, it's freaking crazy. That's hard to even understand. I need to see this. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't get it either. <laughs> I so need wait, to, like, see it. Yeah, wait, what's, what's going on here? Like, so there's a guy playing Mega Man X and Mega Man X2 at the, simultaneously with one controller. But how is that? E Wait, so that's possible to do? It's a computer emulator. He's got it wired to two systems, so then the inputs are hitting both at the same time. Nah, I don't, yeah, but if I you highly... played both games at the same time, if you Kevin, had to jump Kevin's... over a cliff in one game, you'd fall in the cliff in another game, right? There's not the same cliff in the same spot in both games, though. It's two different games. Yeah, I know that. I uh, mean, apparently he found some way to manipulate or find a pattern that is right. at least feasible to beat or work with. Because like, while, while I was watching it, like he was um, going Jesus. through... And, like, he would be at, like, a boss, like, wheel alligator at one, and uh -huh. he's in the level at the other one, and he happens to be at a spot where he's, like, jumping and not getting hit by anything. And then, there were some spots, though, man, where there's, like, the little small platforming sections, and, like, the other side, he's fighting enemies at the same fucking time. And I'm like, he's doing platforming on one and fighting enemies and not getting hit on the other one. And I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> it's like, like dual brain, man. Yeah, and apparently, yeah. and he said the the one key was, though, is that not only did he have to beat them both, but he had to beat them both at the same time. 
Well, there's a whole new realm out there for gamers. Hey, yeah. if you like Castlevania 1 through 3, can you beat all three at once with one controller? Ninja Gaiden 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> it's like a savant. Like, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Autistic or something. And, and the thing was is that, like, time. if you were thinking about it with, like, tool assist or something or codes, yeah, that's doable. But he said on the thing that he used no codes, nothing. Um, now, Kevin was thinking that the guy's, like, splicing controllers in the systems. No, he just used a computer emulator, man. It ran them both at the same oh, time. Okay. It pressed start at the same time. There's, that's uh, that's I the just simple way. the real deal. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> Kevin's over there. Now, I gotta see the video. I'm just guessing here. It's what popped in my head. Yeah. Now, did he die, or, like, did he... I know, watched for... Was it, like, flawless? You know through, I mean? um, yeah, he's, like, flawless <laughs> on top of it. I watched through both the intros... Uh, and like the first two bosses, and he didn't die at all. <laughs> Jesus, oh, fucking crazy, man! I gotta see this. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. That's definitely a. Um, I recommend everybody watches that one. That's fucking yeah. cool, man. Yeah, that was definitely one that I watched. It was so awesome that it's definitely podcast worthy, and fucking great video. Um, you gotta give a shout out to that dude for sure. Speaking of videos that we watched, uh, AVGN came out with a new episode last night, um, and since we got to revisit, since we talked trash about him in episode one, <laughs> about jumping the shark, um, maybe he listened to our fucking podcast, because this new episode, like, he goes to, um, like, looking through his games to try to find a shitty one, because he's kind of hit a roadblock. Like, that's the whole story behind the beginning part, he's like... Yeah, I've already played all these games. Like, I've already went over everything. You know what I mean? Like, he's trying to find that new game. And he's mm -hmm. like, how about I go after a console that's known for having great games? He's like, I'm going to go over the Turbo Graphics. And then he explains the Turbo Graphics like he's explained other systems. He's sitting there. He puts the game in because he chooses a game that he's heard that's shitty, which is Darkwing Duck. And he grabs the, con he grabs the controller, goes to sit back at his, at, at his chair, and almost knocks the whole fucking system off because the short cords on the turbo graphics oh yeah <laughs> like, like it yes. was it went back to it, there was a lot of little classic nods to the old school avgn um he didn't do any crazy fucking you know video editing or anything on it so but i don't need that to, in an avgn episode i just need for him to you know talk about a game um now the review itself was all right like it wasn't he was not like like you were saying before, Kyle. He's not pissed off anymore. Yeah, th he's just there's that fire. Yeah, that that though it's just when when you have that fire though, and anybody, it's just like Jesus Christ, you're unstoppable. Yeah, and and yeah. there's another thing. Um, there's a difference between. Let me think here. Um, there's a difference between, and I go back to pro wrestling for this. Kayfabe. 
So basically, some uh, kayfabe is a wrestler who never breaks character. There's a difference between a, a sheik or a sabu who, when you go mm-hmm. see him on the sheet uh, on the streets, is like, "What do you want?" Like he never breaks character. And yeah, when I met him, when I met Sabu, yeah, yeah it was totally like, "Jeez." And then you go see like a a Jeff Hardy or one of those guys, and they're out partying on the fucking streets. Yeah, they're like, hey, what's going on, man? Kevin's over there digging in an ice bucket, pulling out a limb or something. <laughs> that ain't me. It's actually me getting some more it's, vodka. It's a lot better than those guys that are clipping their toenails the whole time we're trying to talk. Kyle's, vodka. Kyle's over here clipping Woo! his toenails. That's all. But I, I saw there was a whole bunch of recourse on the comments in that video for AVGN because there was no shit pickle. Apparently, there's a big demand for that. There we go. <laughs> that's the thing. That's that's what just like that's the what demand that people though. were having for no 3D games, right? Yeah. <laughs> Or 2D, I meant. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. No, that's what made it great, though, like because it was those little weird little touches that that make him different. Yeah, and that's why I I fucking love that shit. But but I would definitely great. I would yeah. definitely say that this episode, though, he goes to a non fucking super obscure game because that's the last three or so that he's done have been like <laughs> dumb obscure games like Desert Bus or. Super China ninety nine or like like yeah. like weird shit. Now he goes to Darkwing Duck, which is legitimately a pretty shitty fucking game. Like it's it's more fun when you do a game that's more relatable. Like maybe you actually experienced it. How many people actually played those really obscure games? Yeah. So I th- I have I have more enjoy it when personally watching him complain about a game that I've actually played, so you can more relate with what he's bitching about because you've experienced it. Mm-hmm. That, I, I mean, and, and Darkwing Duck, for most people, wouldn't be as relatable because it's for the Turbo, and most people didn't have a fucking Turbo or play one. Well, he did have a good thing to reference, so he referenced the original NES one a lot, and I think a lot of people have played that one, so yeah. at least he had a good reference to relate with. Absolutely. And, I mean, Darkwing Duck also has the Disney Afternoon nostalgia behind it as well, so yeah. it's, it's a double mm-hmm, facet yeah. there, which is pretty awesome. Sure. I, I really think he needs to cover like games like even Bubble Bobble Two, like because there's no co-op. Like he should Two have, he should have time. motherfucking Mike with him, and then just be like, "Hey, let's play together." And ah, oh, and he fucking kicks him out. Or <laughs> <something>. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, funny, kicks him out. <laughs> but um, but he he does. Kevin's 100 percent fucking right though. He he needs to cover more known games but the issue is is how many episodes is he on how many shitty games are left that he can cover i think that there's a buttload for super nintendo and sega genesis i mean he's done nintendo to death i'm sorry i mean it's great and awesome but yeah i mean it's a nice change of pace i mean super nintendo and sega genesis they are awesome libraries but there's just as many bad ones in my opinion because the craft hasn't really been perfected in the 16-bit era of making games neither he should cover like rex ronin experimental surgeon (laughs) there you go (laughs) which ones do you think kevin um, for shitty ones, they're coming offhand for me. I mean, there's, well, he did, God, I'm trying to think, for that Sega Genesis, that he didn't do yet there, Sega Genesis. I mean, there's a lot of, like, um, I'm, tr- I'm just trying to think genre-wise that I know that are crappy, like, um, Looney Tunes, like, what am I thinking, like, Tasmania was pretty damn mediocre, in my opinion. Um, you could do, like, um... I think he, yeah, I think he could talk shit about fucking... Um, Mortal Kombat 2. 
or Mortal Kombat yeah. because he, he's sitting there playing and then you gotta press start to fucking switch from kicks to punches. Like, that's an easy bitch. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, there's. That's a good point. And, and, like, pulling out nuances that we were used to back then that are just annoying now. Like, oh, you got a six button controller now that you can play with. Back in the day, you only had three buttons. And how do you. Yeah, cause I remember uh, Keenan, uh, my buddy Eric, grew up with him, and Kyle knows him real well. Uh, <laughs> he had Mortal Kombat 2 on the Genesis, and he was like, I played on the Super Nintendo, I was used to having all the buttons. I go over to his house to play, and I'm like, what the fuck, my guy's only punching. And he's, like, sitting there punching, hits the start button, like, going all fluid, like, used to it. I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think, like, what you're seeing in, in your head, Jeff, is, like, the AVGN just going off. Yes. And just being angry, like, find a reason. Find a nuance that would that pisses gamers off, and then yeah. break it out, just like yeah. you do. It's it, it's it's almost like he's trying to find a game or an episode, but really, the key is finding something that just makes your blood boil. You know, it'd be a great episode for him to do is remember how he did like the Virtual Boy all in one episode because it was a small library and the majority were shitty games. Yeah, uh-huh. he should do that for the Sega three for like all the thirty two X games. Did he cover all of them in his video before, or did he just say some in general? That is a pretty shitty library, though. Yeah, he did. Some. Yeah, I know. I remember he did do the 32X, but I don't remember if he went in depth to do, like, the whole library, because I think he could do it quickly. There's, like, like 39 games. Then when they have, like... do, like, a clip on each one and say, this is why it sucks, it could be a whole video. Then they have, like, what, Sega CD 32X? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that's when you got two big pieces of crap working for you. It's like PC Engine country there. It gets all, like, Ugh. insane. <laughs> I mean, and the thing is, is that he gets probably a ton of recommendations all the time from fans and, like, yeah. requests. And a lot of games, like, like if he did Shaq Fu, like, is there really a lot for him to latch onto that would, like, a nuance besides for just being a shitty fucking fighting game? There really isn't. Like, there's not mm. a, a spot in there, a hook in there for him to really tear into shit. Yeah, I think he already did Shaq Fu really quick. He just kind of mentioned it because there's not a lot there. Just like he was doing in that recent video, he was talking about all those Nintendo games that people were probably harassing him to do. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, ain't got a lot of material here. It's a shitty game. The end. They just kind of... Yeah, he covered about five or six games, didn't he, at the beginning? Yeah, he did them all really quick because there's nothing else to say about and what he had to say. That's what I'm saying. He's he's looking in the wrong places. You shouldn't look for a game in the review. Look for something that makes you mad. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I agree. That's why because some of can, the, even the peripheral yeah. episodes were awesome that he did. Because there was shit about those peripherals that made you mad. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that the whole jumping the shark that we were talking before, it might still apply just because what's left he has to get really creative to find something that's left now that he hasn't covered and you just came up with a perfect one i always thought that was such bullshit with the sega controllers yeah and you have to press fucking start in street fighter 2 like are you kidding me yeah hey, it's a great reason they have to buy a six button controller it's marketing and that's another thing he could get pissed off about and like, then mortal kombat 2 didn't actually have a control scheme for the six-button controller, so you had to press the start button no matter what. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You're right. I remember because uh, <laughs> that's why I actually have Mortal Kombat 2 for the 32X because it supports the six buttons. Yeah, the, the Genesis <laughs> one didn't, so the bastards. Yep. <laughs> that's okay, hey, man. It's a whole new racket. It's amazing. I, I think that's why the um, Sega CD original Mortal Kombat, I think it supports six-button as well. 
Oh. Yeah, it's like you had to wait for like the second release in the Sega thing. That's the one time Nintendo did what Sega didn't. Yeah, because like <laughs> with those Sega CD nice. ones, they're technically inferior to the cartridge-based Genesis ones for Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat 2 because there's loading time. But I think it's supposed Oh, yeah, the loading time's rough. It's like PlayStation World. Yeah. That Mortal Kombat trilogy on PlayStation. <laughs> Ugh, I hated waiting like a minute between matches. See, like right. the AVGN episode's just building itself. So you can do Mortal Kombat on the Genesis, yeah. showing how you're, you know, switching it. Plugs in a six button, doesn't fucking work. Oh, it works with the Sega CD. Waiting an hour for it to load. <laughs> then, then he plays yes. it. Yes. Like, like, dude, that would, it's perfect. Grind your gears, everything. Like, you have Steam just yeah, starts I always rising liked from it when you take, like, a game that was on so many different platforms. And he sat there and he's like, well, this game sucks, but it depends what you're playing it on. And he'd show you, like, say it was like on Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, 3DO, yeah. whatever the hell versions. And then showed you, you know what, this game may suck, but if you have to play it, at least play it on this. Yeah. And it'd give you a good idea. Well, yeah, that's a great part about the end is you can always, you know, give the, the great recommendations on top of it. And, I mean, the thing is, is, like, it shows, though, that he's trying to do stuff though with this Darkwing Duck episode, so I, I do like that a lot. Like he, he's he's giving it the old college tries just I really nice. think he's at a creative block. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. what it is. And and the thing is is that he doesn't have all he has surrounding him is a bunch of yes men. <laughs> yeah. And well that's the problem. Think of it at like Home Alone. You can't have Macaulay Culkin be in twenty one Home Alone. The series is gonna end eventually. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's he going to be, just super pissed and have all the energy when he's, like, 40? It just, I don't think he'd have the same enthusiasm eventually. Yeah, I mean, there there should have been a way to do a swan song, and, I mean, I guess there hasn't been because he's still making money and all that. Um, yeah. But the thing is, is that, like, really he just needs some people that aren't rabid fanboys wanting him to fucking review his favorite, their favorite game. That's the key here. And yeah, have yeah. some people that are in here like, hey, how about this? And then they mention something like we were talking about, you know, with uh, something that pisses people off, grinds their gears. Like, why doesn't he talk about, um, you know, GameStop and they're fucking putting labels. Stickers. I was thinking the, the same thing. Like, God damn it. <laughs> and, you know, that's like, you know that's what's hilarious. bullshit. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you can make a whole episode off that. Like, I was going to fucking say Why that wouldn't he? Like, I can read in my mind. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Why doesn't he re-review the Atari 5200 with a controller that works? <laughs> yeah, that's great, though. That's great, though, because he never got to play it properly. So now he can get pissed off in a whole new way. That's See, right. He needs new fucking writers. Yeah, he does. Or he needs to stop listening to whoever the hell he's listening to that's telling him what he wants to hear all the time. Like, what, yeah. like Jeff was saying, the, the dick suckers. The yes, yeah. the yes men. Yeah, yeah, I mean, th- yeah. that's like, the people I work with, there's a lot of yes-men, and I'm definitely not oh, one. Man. But because I speak my mind, I'm getting pulled aside for meetings and shit that I shouldn't be. <laughs> well, Jeff and I were that's... raised never to be really, like, fake with, no, like, voice no. your opinion. Yeah, I'm just, we're stubborn people. and I mean, that could yeah. be a good part <laughs> about the podcast, and it could also be one thing that we might get stigmaed from certain, you know, gaming communities, because our first episode we had, you know, Alpha Omega Sin pissed off at us because we mentioned the Game Chasers. Like, they might have already stigmaed us because of that. And the thing is, though, like, I'll see the guy because um, they're going to be at too many games. 
I'll be at too many games. You think I'm not going to go talk to him? Probably. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll go talk to him. Go talk to him, and, and I'll I'll talk shit to him too. Like if they if they're if they're an <laughs> asshole, I will talk shit to him. Oh if yeah, they, absolutely. I, well, hopefully he'll do like a five minute no. rant like he does no. for everything. No, he won't. Just right? the internet to the world. Kevin, so, have yeah. you ever met anybody in person? They will timid. They will be timid. They will back down. Yep. And absolutely. I will uh, just talk to him. Because I'm going to yeah. talk to him normal, and I'll be like, hey, yeah, yeah, I was the guy who did the, um, you know, AVGN Jump the Shark episode on podcast that you Well, it helps that you're about. not a small dude neither, so. Yeah, hopefully I'm, <laughs> I'm not. I'm sure a lot of people hopefully are going to I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's kicked a lot of ass in his life, and that's a thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my background is a, is a little bit different than most. <laughs> yeah, but the but, thing no, is, is that. I've never had a chance to meet anybody at those things, but they don't have a lot around the Midwest area. It always seems to be on the damn coast for whatever reason, or at least I'm not aware of Midwest ones. Well, did you go to Midwest Gaming Classic? <laughs> no. <They were laughs> whatever all the hell that was. It was in Wisconsin. It's not well publicized. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty well publicized because all the gaming guys were there. Um, it's up in Wisconsin, like right on the other side of Chicago, right right above Gurney Mills. In... Okay. I went there uh, the last two years when I was out there in Indiana. It was fucking awesome. Did it have, um, was it more for like the old classic guys or is it like the YouTube guys or a little bit of everything? Old classic guys only. They had had a whole room with pinball machines, like dedicated to pinball machines. You go there and play on free play. Um, A small arcade area, giant cellar room. Um, My favorite was the Nintendo Age room because we had a tub full of beer. Uh, nice. <laughs> I was drunk. That'd be my as, favorite too. I was drunk as fuck the entire weekend. Um, yes. uh, the last one I actually traded, or that's when I got my Nintendo Red Tent, was at Midwest Gaming Classic, and then I put cool. I put it in the Nintendo Age and put it on free play the whole weekend. <laughs> so nice. Yeah. Um, and then they had like that virtual reality Oculus Rift. They've had that there the last couple of years. Just and that's like night drunk playing. Uh, they have like um bands playing and stuff there too, and I mean it's it's a place that's in a hotel, so you go there for the weekend, you stay in the hotel. No, that's nice, but the ones I was more referring to are like those big conventions, like they got those PAX East and PAX West and PAX anything but the middle, yeah. that kind of crap. <laughs> yeah, because um, too many games is a big one. Um, I bought tickets to it for this year because it's in like next month, and, and where's where's that one at again? That one's in I think that one's in Philly. Um, okay. it's about three hour oh, drive. That's a, that's a three hour drive for me. So it's that's not far. closer than me and Kyle. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's actually further east for me. So that's really? way far for you guys. You could actually come to my place quicker than you can get to Philly, pretty much. Like, I'm a little <laughs> bit further south, but, um, Damn yeah. Uh, you also have MAGFest out here in January, which is a big one. Um, and then PAX East is up in Boston, so I don't. I think Boston's a pretty far drive, so I probably won't go and be going to PAX East that much. But um, yeah, Magfest is like down the road for me. It's right by DC, so that's like an uh, less than an hour away. So that'll be one that I'll go to every year <laughs> for sure. Nice. Um, now with too many games, I'll probably stay at a hotel because I'm, I'm not going to do six hours of driving every day. That's insane. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah, that! That ain't happening. So that's no. nuts. Yeah, because hell, fucking. Nuts. When I went to the Twin Galaxies event, um, that was th- three hours away. I went there and I went home that night. I didn't go back the second day, but that was Ooh, it. Man. Was it was a pain for sure? Yeah, yeah. 
One but, shot's even worse. I mean, obviously, but jam. But the thing is, but is that, that this uh, too many games. This would be the first one that I go to that there's not like a plan with like friends or you know Nintendo Age members or something. I I might try to go on the forums and try to plan something, so that uh-huh. way you know we have a hangout, something something to do. Because I doubt Andrew is going to want to go to a gaming convention for the weekend. Lone Wolf style <laughs> this time, Scott Hall. Yes. Yeah. Lone Wolf. Yeah, I mean, well, the thing is, is that, you know, I do have a, a Kickstarter coming up, and I'll probably have flyers and more details by then, so. <laughs> yeah, I could actually talk a little bit about the Kickstarter that I'm doing. I can do that for the for the podcast. So, um, I am starting a, um, a Kickstarter, um, now, I wrote a book, published, it's up on the fucking blog, it's Hidden Treasures, and, you know, I reviewed a bunch of games, um, but... My next project, it stemmed from something that I've wanted forever, and that's a really cool NES guide that has everything. Um, I wanted to do something that not only had the box art, but also had the screenshot and a summary of each game. Um, and on top of it, um, what I decided to add was this cartridge, box, and manual. Um, with bo- with boxes in there, so you could check mark them from your collection. Um, so my next book is going to be called the Complete NES. It's going to be a hundred percent of the U.S. licensed releases for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Um, the original plan though was to do every fucking game ever, like every game. Do like well, unlicensed and PAL exclusives and family games that you don't need to know Japanese to play and homebrews and translations, like. And then I started doing just the U.S. releases, and I'm at like 300 pages for a book. <laughs> wow. So yeah, it's it's there's a lot of a lot of games in there. Um, I also um I decided um, I did a nice review of the NES. Um. If anybody that's listening is familiar, I know Kyle's definitely familiar with our old website, vgmastersclub.com. Oh, yeah. um, we did a lot Kay of... Hey, should visit it now. No, Kevin. <laughs> it's Kevin's favorite website now. It's like it's like Asian, Asian child porn. It's Kevin, right up Kevin's alley. It's funny because Candace was all. just joking, joking about that yesterday in effect. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's no. hilarious, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, you should get rid of that porn on your YouTube It was page. some solicitation site now in Japan, apparently. Hell yeah. <laughs> Kyle's running it now from home. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's, Hell a, good, that's yeah. a good way to go to jail. Keep me out of this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're out of Kevin's it. basement. <laughs> 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 hey, I don't even speak Japanese. I couldn't run out of my basement if I wanted. We've, we've, well, mentioned, we've mentioned before Kevin's a business owner. <laughs> <laughs> so there's not games behind that. I wish I could that. speak Japanese. I'd have a better business revenue. So there's not games behind that cloth and in those tubs. It's just really skinny Asian people. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Doing tech support. <laughs> <laughs> they have like little headphones on. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this will be God. edited out, by the way. But no, anyway. it won't. <laughs> no, it won't. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, God. Oh, Fucking... I thought we were doing live today. Fucking Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Kevinisms and quotes. 
Anyways, <laughs> I don't even remember where I was yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Talking about um, why you're doing the U.S. library. But no, but uh, basically, uh, our old website, VG Masters Club, we did a lot of thorough reviews. Like, I think I had like a 20-page review on The Legend of Zelda where I broke out every um, level, every dungeon, everything, and like reviewed every, all aspects. Um, I did the same for the NES console. And what I did was I took that review and I expanded it even further, and that's going to be in the book as well. Um, I also created a check, check block for the systems. So I have, you know, the box, and then I have the different box versions, and you can, you know, check mark if you have the, box, the NES boxes. So that'll be another part to the collectible piece. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. But um, basically, it's going to be, you know, a, there's going to be two versions of this book. One's going to be a pocket-sized book that you can put in your pocket. It's meant to take around with you when you go game hunting if you don't want to bring, like, an iPad or something. You just want an extra extra little NES book with you. That'd be cool. Um, and that's kind of like a novelty, you know, but might be a cool thing to have. Um, that one would be black and white and, you know, soft cover. Um, and then I have a hardcover coffee table sized book, which is going to be the really cool collectible. It'll look great in any collection. Um, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that to Kickstarter. And um, basically, if people want to, they can fund the Kickstarter um, and fund, you know, the project. Um, and because I don't have a whole lot of overhead, I should be able to have a very low funding for it. Um, I've also decided that part of my Kickstarter, I'm actually going to donate to uh, Kalwitz Gamer Games for Children. Um, so I'm actually going to donate some of the pro the proceeds. I'm thinking like maybe like a dollar per bid, uh, per person, a dollar per person, and then I'm going to give a portion of my profits. Um, because very cool, very the, cool. Yeah, and I mean the thing is, is that you know those charities do outstanding work, and yeah, they do. And the, the thing is, is that I always like giving back. I'm not doing this for selfish reasons. I'm just doing it because you know people like the same shit that we like. <laughs> You're a good um, man, awesome. Charlie Brown. Now, time this episode. now, where where <laughs> I've decided, um. To not, as, as Kyle knows, I don't do anything half-assed. Um, I've decided to do some crazy shit. Um, I actually have a, and I'm not going to go into super details right now. Um, I'm, I'm going to have a very, very popular artist involved with the project, and he's actually going to do my cover for my book. Um, and it should be pretty publicized. Like That should get a whole other realm of collectors in it as well. Um, just talking with the guy, and there was another person that overheard us, and they're like, all right, I want a copy of that. <laughs> like, immediately, he's like, yeah, I'm going to get that. And it was some random guy that had nothing to do with games. He had something Ooh. to do with the artist. Um, and the thing is, though, is I'm, he's not just doing my cover. He's going to do his own artwork on the side that's going to be part of the Kickstarter campaign. So he's going to do a piece of art that's going to go with it. It's going to be NES-related. And he, he's going to make prints of that as well. So people can buy prints of his artwork and all that goes to him. So I'm not getting, I'm not buying the artwork from him and commissioning it. It's his. He's going to make the money from that portion. Um, and then the other side is, is I'm actually also um, going to have an NES game made with it. 
Um, if anybody's listening to the podcast, you could, you probably know the people that we've talked to. You might be able to get around it, but we're not to the point where we're announcing who's working with it and what we're doing. Um, I think it's going to um, be like you know Danny Sullivan's Indie Heat. It's going to be like Jeffrey Wittenhagen's, <laughs> which nice. is hilarious. Uh, I think I think the uh, the box art they want they want me to wear a toga and smile with like a gleam coming from my tooth or something, something ridiculous. <laughs> It'll be fucking hilarious. Like, um, but the artist may be doing that box art as well. So um, there's possibilities for stretch goals in there. Um, like maybe we go for a card only, and if we hit a certain stretch goal monetarily it gets to be a CIB or something, or we do a manual for it. Um, so there's always little cool stuff, and that's the hard part right now. It's been consuming a lot of time on the weekends right now for me because i got to get all the logistics figured out because you know Kickstarter takes a certain percentage of all your money and everything else. But um, and, and the other thing is with the NES game, I'm not buying the NES game from you know the creator, so he's getting the money from that. So the the key is here is that you know it's a bunch of you know independent artists to get a writer, a, an artist, and a game creator, and we're all going to get our own piece of the pie, which is great because um, with a lot of these Kickstarters that I'm seeing, they'll like commission shit out and buy it, and then the one person pockets everything. And I I feel like if there's people out there that are working. It's something they should be able to get their own piece of it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Bravo to that. Yeah, and I mean, I'm probably the only person that's selfless enough to do something like that. Not a greedy fucker. But, <laughs> I mean, but the thing is, I've always been like that. I'm a genuine person. I don't really, um, you know, I, I work for a living. So, I don't, I, I'm good. I, Nintendo age with the Earthbound. Uh, yeah, my mother's three thing. Yeah, I, I gave... A lot of the profits to Nintendo Age, and I did it anonymously. And you know, I mentioned that I was going to give a portion. I gave a bunch, and people didn't even realize it. It's fine, but I don't. The thing is, though, is that you know, it's we do this stuff just like with the podcast. We do it because for a, a love of gaming, not to make a fuck ton of money. Like that's not what it's all about. It actually definitely. It, it kind of like if you're doing shit for the money, it, it kind of like tarnishes what you're doing a little bit so and you're kind of like forcing a review yeah and the thing is though is that the, <laughs> yeah. the, the plan is to launch the kickstarter in july so it's coming up and too many games is at the end of june so i'm going to try to get on a I've, I've applied to do a um like a panel or something I haven't heard back from him for like a week or two, so they might I might not be quote unquote popular enough because he got you know all the little YouTubers that are all a bunch of popular guys, of course, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that shit never really it doesn't do anything for me like popularity. I wouldn't give a shit if it was fucking Bruce Willis doing a damn panel. I'd still want to do one. <laughs> and um, I, I I did send a message to a few of the guys that are going to be there and said, hey, let me know if I can piggyback with you. I can hold my own at a live podcast. I do live podcasts. I can hold my own live if we need to. <laughs> so we'll see. I I, I doubt any I, I doubt anybody's selfless enough to let me on their on their time. You know what I mean? We'll see. 
But um, yeah, that's that's a little bit about my Kickstarter. So basically, there's gonna be an NES book, a fucking brand new Nintendo game, and amazing artwork from a, a known artist. And it's definitely like a uh, a classic '80s style artist, which is great. Yeah, Fuck really yeah. cool surprise. Hell yeah! And I mean, and the thing is, it's gonna be awesome. Um, and the fact that you know those people are getting their due—that's really important to me. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like shit's getting lost in the fold with all of these different projects and things. So. I mean, as long as they're getting theirs, I'm I'm good. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's a, a whole lot of pieces that are moving that I gotta figure out, and I f- I finished up my book uh, last weekend completely, and now I'm in an editing phase. I went through and edited everything twice already. I'm doing a third edit. Congrats, congrats. <laughs> yeah, it's, wow. I, I'm still catching the shit that I missed the first two times, so it's. Gotta, oh, sure. Gotta yeah. keep going. I have other people coming over it too, so it's gonna it's gonna be a little bit, but it should be. <clears throat> and the thing is, though, is that how I see it, I've backed Kickstarters, and it's been like two years, and I still haven't gotten the rewards, and they're still working on it. So as long as, like, for example, um, Pure Solar, the when they did the HD Pure Solar it was via Kickstarter. They've already released it on the Xbox One and the PS4. I backed it and got the Dreamcast version. I haven't gotten it yet. Oh. So it, they're still making them. They haven't finished it yet. So the thing is, is that if I beat that, I'm good. And my book should be ready before the Kickstarter. So that's the thing. So if my book's ready before the Kickstarter, all I'm going to wait on, the artist, he's going to have his portion done. And then all we're going to have to wait on is this the game because they're the game's being programmed from the ground up it's already in the processes of it but it's it's going to be a pretty massive undertaking um first of its kind for sure and it's going to be the first of its kind in the style of its kind um what i would like to do though instead of just me talking about it um when when we go into details is i'd like to bring the creator on the podcast so he can go over it in his own words too <laughs> That would be awesome. that would be the best, I would say. Um, Agreed. Yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. So that way, I'm not like misquoting things because he's developing it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and you know, we're going over stuff like um, stretch goals for him. So it's it's going to be awesome. Like, hopefully, there's people support it and they dig it. You know what I mean?
arena. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Something's like so good. He's like, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> so great. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, Arena is from the TV show in Japan called Game Center CX. They released it on DVD on Amazon called Retro Game Master, but it was horribly dubbed by Kotaku. The Retro Game Master! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> like, it was like we only watched the Japanese version. For a reason. It's atrocious. It's atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we watched Japanese version with English subtitles, and um, they're actually the the really cool thing about Retro Game Master though, um, with Game Center CX, is that there's th- three now games based on it. So there's two on the Nintendo DS and one on the 3DS. Um, I played the two on the Nintendo DS, and they're basically like you're playing little mini Nintendo challenges. Like, he does, like, a challenge to beat a game or something, and you do that, and they're all, like, tributes to classic games. Uh, mm, there's one yeah. game that's called Wizman, and it's in Retro Game Master 2. Um, and basically in Wizman, you're in a Pac-Man-style board, except for you're a wizard, and you have red and blue colors. When you get the red, you can shoot red and kill all the blue enemies, and when you get blue, you can shoot blue and kill all the red enemies. Um, What's so funny about that? He's not a master because Arena is actually not that good at the games, and no. that's what's cool about Game Center CX. Uh, Pretty at least, awesome. Yeah, like, um, and my my question was for the, for the DVDs of Game Center CX, uh-huh. is there subtitles on the d- actual DVDs? Do you do you know, or is it just straight um, like Japanese audio? Yeah, I got the uh, DVD. It's called Retro Game Master: The Game Center CX Collection, um, and basically. I think it was, um, it's the Kotaku dubs, uh, but they do have, I, I'm 99% sure they have the Japanese audio with subtitles. Oh, um, cool. The cool thing is, is that we download the fan subs offline, because this is like an 18 season long show, and they keep releasing new, um, new episodes all the time. And the really cool thing is, is that the, one of the people doing the fan subs actually did the ones for the official DVD. So, I mean, the irony wasn't that they took down those episodes so that way people would support the DVD, but Mm. they're still doing more episodes, too. And so that they do such good work, though, that they were used for the official ones, which was pretty awesome. Um, I say official, though. I probably should use heavy quotation fingers with that because I think somebody just, like, bought the license for like a couple for like a grand and then start selling them on Amazon or something. It was really loose. That's... It's it's kind of like those guys that sell reproductions but they quote unquote buy the license to sell them. Pay like some guy in China $100 for their freaking RPG that they made on the Genesis and start releasing cartridges. They're quote un- they're they're pretty they're legitimate, but on the other side like you got people that do reproductions for free. They don't even buy a license, and they still release them, so. <laughs> you got both sides yeah. of the spectrum, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> so good. I'm drinking. It's a wild world out there. Drinking, uh, drinking some rum tonight. So. I'm doing vodka and some fruit punch Gatorade. My, my vodka. Hey, I'm doing fruit punch Gatorade. Nice, man. Cheers to Get the fruit punch. <laughs> <laughs> now, my rum is with coffee. I drink 
caffeine for this since I, I wake up at 4 a.m. for work now. So. so I would say um we should wrap up the podcast by each telling a story. Because we were talking about like that should have been the focus of the podcast, but we got sidetracked by all the news because there was a lot of fucking news yeah. this week. No, but I, th- I think no. we should all, because cause that Rob episode like was one of my favorites, we should pick an item that we haven't talked about and the story behind getting getting it. Something that's cool or a favorite item or anything. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, I think Kyle actually had a good one queued up. <laughs> Kyle's got a killer story. I think, he had like, I I think Kyle had like three of them queued up. He was, yeah, he did. One of them, Kyle picked the best one. One of them that he <laughs> talked about, though, was the Master System one. I think he forgot that was his third story on the Rob episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no Master System, Kyle. We want to hear more about that other one. Oh, yeah, you're right, Jeff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know, because I just listened to it today. <laughs> and he actually told both aspects of the Master System, because he got the Master System box from his friends. Um, and then you also got another dirty-ass one that you repurposed. So, yeah, because he, nice. he is, you know... Um, Roth just fucking loved it. Rob just loved it. So I was like, I gotta throw the master system in, you know. Rob Child. Yeah, yeah he's a master system freak, which so am I. So it's like, woo! He's a master system boy. So, uh, yeah, talk about a game that was stolen. Yes! I mean, was taken right. from me instead of given to me. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get it, I lost it. It's <laughs> even better. Irony story. No, this is a good story. This is an awesome one. I remember it. <laughs> yeah, there was this kid that I hung out with. Um, and he was kind of like, I think he came in fourth or fifth grade. He was like a new kid. Um, and I was one of the first people that he started talking to. And then we only hung out for like a little bit. But then a few years later, um, we started hanging out again. And um, I think it's it's really because he heard that I had like a Super NES. And um, that was the whole thing about that. Like, it's funny how when people hear that you have a certain game system, they're, they're your friends all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> definitely yeah it's like oh, that's okay whatever you know so we're just hanging out so playing super mario world con uh contra 3 um and uh i had the, the game genie at the time and it was it was really nice because you could beat the games especially like contra 3 on hard yeah that's tough <laughs> so definitely. as a kid it's cool to just put like infinite lives and you're done you just keep playing it until you beat it um so we would always play those those games um we would play you know others of course too but those were the two that we would play the most and uh what's funny is one day because i was in like a little basketball league i was in i think i was in fifth or sixth grade little basketball league where um my dad would take me and they just drop me off at the gym you know like all the other kids because we played basketball and baseball and soccer you know as a kid the Parents always try to keep us active and stuff. Try to keep you out of the house is what they're trying to do. Yeah, just trying yeah. to find something that we... My parents just trying to find something that I liked or that I clicked with. Oh, yeah. You know? My parents just, just try to get rid of me. <laughs> Trip to get to the 1990s World Championship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, um, okay, yeah, so he took me to this uh, little basketball practice. And while he was gone, I guess, um, that kid came to my house. And since I wasn't home, and he probably tried, like, turning the doorknob, and he was like, oh, it's it's not locked. Because back in the day, people didn't, like, lock their doors as much as today. It was, no, it was way different. Um, there was not much of a threat there, except for, like, Jason Voorhees, maybe. Go yeah. 80s, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, jumping in the door. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, apparently he actually went into the house, and uh, pretty much the next day, um, I went to look to the game for my games because I, you know, I had a second to like play some and whatnot, and I realized like Super Mario World's not there, Contra Three's not there, and the Game Genie's not there. And I'm like, hmm. That's weird, and it's weird when you get something stolen because you didn't know it was stolen. So you're like, "What did I did I lose? Like, <laughs> like what did I do with those?" You and, know. And for those that you don't, you uh, don't know, Kyle, he's extremely OCD and usually puts everything back in a specific spot every time. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I was, you know, asking my parents, like, did you know, did you lend this to you know someone for something or you know whatever? I don't know some family member that came over or whatnot, or I don't know, um, am I grounded or something? Did I do something wrong? Like, did you take <laughs> them away? You know, because that, that was the worst thing ever is take away the games. That's why yeah. I was a really good kid, because I was, I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah, and then it was like, what the fuck? And then my dad, like, got kind of got into the whole sleuth detective thing, too, with me, and we were just, like, trying to figure out who it was, and then we noticed that that same kid stopped calling the house, and that's always like a huge red flag. Yeah, because if guilt. someone just stops calling, yeah, they have a guilt, and they're like, "I'm not even gonna contact them anymore," you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Now we have mentioned uh, Rich Dobbin. Oh, we've on, mentioned Dick Dobbin on the podcast. And what's cool is he actually has a connection with Jeff because he moved. From my house, they made a house out in Cedar Lake, um, Indiana, and I live yeah. in Munster, Indiana. So, and we were on the track um, team together too. Yeah, so he started going to Jeff's school after he he moved out there. But I had known him, for, you know, for the first part of his life, and uh, he said he went over to that dude's house and um, he actually saw the two games, but he saw the game genie and the the book. I actually wrote my name in it. Um, cause that was my, my dad's thing. He's like, well, we, we paid, you know, what, 40 or $50 for this. You should write your name in here just in case someone steals it. <laughs> so I guess Rich said like it was scratched out. There was like a name that was scratched out like in, on the very front page when you opened it, um, on the cover in the back of it. So, um, I was like, okay, well that's, that's interesting. What's funny about this kid is that his dad was, uh, a doctor, his mom was a lawyer and like. They had, like, a huge house, and it was, like, super nice, and it's just kind of that thing, like, they never paid attention to him. I mean, my, my parents actually had to come pick him up and take him home, like, when we hung out. So, like, his parents were almost, Whoa. like, absent. It was like they were never around. So I could see he was, you know, kind of a crazy kid. He had come over one time and was throwing rocks at cars. He, we, like, went outside, and he started taking rocks, and he was like, watch this, and he would throw it, and he would hit, like, the side door of a car. Oh, God. And we were like, holy shit, because I, I live on Ridge Road, um, which is, like, road. A Route 6, you know, uh, totally busy. Yeah, and he's just, I'm like, dude, this kid's crazy, and my dad saw it, and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's kid, and I guess he, like, burned his house down or part of it, started some fire, like, in his closet. So it's kind of that oh, psychology my. thing of like when you, no one pays attention to you, you problem act, child, you act out, you know. Um, <laughs> and uh, so that's that's the thing. He was like, and then I guess this was his thief phase or whatever. <laughs> so um, 
he pretty much got away with it. I confronted him one more time about it, and he was like, no, 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 you know, and I was like, whatever, it doesn't matter. I, I ended up getting them from Funkoland. Yeah. Like, you know, a, a year or two later anyway, for like nothing when no one, when when the prices weren't crazy. <laughs> it yeah. was back in the yeah. fucking 90s. So Good days. The good old days, yes. So, uh, eventually, I guess, um, he was to become a minister, and he went to this Bible college, and I guess the, the thing about that is you have to, like, kind of confess your sins, <laughs> and that, and kind of, like, reach out to the people that you've sinned against. So, he actually sent me a letter years later, and he's like, Kyle, I apologize, I, I crept into your house, this is like word for word, I crept into your house when no one was home, and I took your your games and um that type of thing and he was like i'm i i'm so sorry and blah 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 and it was like wow because i had i always knew it was him but it was just amazing to actually get that like confirmation you know, yeah the confirmation it was like holy shit and uh me and my dad just rolled at that you know it's just it's just <laughs> one of those things and it's funny how it stuck with him for his whole life and it was just kind of like he couldn't wash that guilt off of him yeah. Well, did you get the return address and mail him the trending prices of those to replace them, or what? <laughs> yeah, like, where the hell are the games, man? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my idea of reparations, and by the way, the interest on these games is pretty high. I think you owe me a little Samson. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that was, I always thought that was a great one. <laughs> nice story. Yeah. So... I'll give you guys a choice, because I got a, a few different stories. I got one almost along the lines of Kyle's. I got one about, like, some newer Zelda stuff, and then I got one about some systems. Which one do you guys want to hear? Gun, knife, or poison? Pick one, Kyle. All three. <laughs> All three. All right. Oh, man, he's going for the trifecta. All right, let's go for the Triforce of stories. All right, so... Um, yes. So the first one is the classic, all right? So um, growing up, um, I used to get toys. I used to get, you know, stuff for, like, Christmas or my birthday. Um, or hand-me-downs from, like, my brother um, growing up. So, like, for example, I had my brother's, like, He-Man figures from when he was growing up. And I used to play with them all the time. Um, I would go to school, though, and, you know, around springtime, and I'd come home and... He-Man toys are gone. My mom went and cleaned and started throwing shit away. My mom was notorious for this. um, Mm. And she eventually stopped. But where this goes into video games, (laughs) um, I actually, and it's one of those classic things, I went to college and some of my video games were left behind. Um... And I didn't bring everything with me because I was, you know, I was about an hour and a half away from school. I think it was about an hour, wasn't it, Kyle, to drive mm-hmm. to college? So yeah, that's um, about right. Yeah, I was. I wasn't too far, but I was far enough away. But um, while I was in college, um, I first had my one cousin David. Um, he went over and said I borrowed some Atari games from him. And proceeded to take a bunch of my games, and then he sold them. Because he needed money for something. So, one of my games was Chuck Norris Super Kicks and Artillery Duel. The the Zonix game that's pretty rare and pricey. Um, Everything else was common. There's Atari's Diamond Dozen. But I was like, when I asked him about it, he's like, oh, maybe it wasn't you. 
<laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Because that, that Zonis game was my brother's. Like, And my brother was either with me or on the phone. He was like, no, dude, I bought that game. And Dave was like, oh, oh like kind of red-handed type thing. It was it was hilarious, though, because as you know, Kyle, I just went right up to him and go, hey, dude, yeah, no, those, those are mine. <laughs> I got those for birthdays and Christmas. Like, I didn't have that many games. Um, mm-hmm. Now, the other side was is that um, when I was growing up, I used to hang out with, um, you know, Keenan, Eric, but I also hung out with this uh, girl in the neighborhood. Her name was Lisa Jaranowski, and she was, like, a couple years younger than me. And we used to play, you know, games all the time and everything growing up. Um, and she actually, I don't know if she, I think she contacted me and asked if she could borrow some Nintendo games. Um, and this is why to this day I don't borrow shit out anymore. Um, nothing. Because she borrowed a bunch of Nintendo games, um, and including like Mega Man 5. And some other rare titles. And she returned me two copies of Top Gun, the second mission. Like, two copies, not just one. (laughs) Two. And I never had one of them. Um, Wow. Like, like, I got Win, Lose, or Draw back. And a bunch of freaking trash games that I was like, what the hell, where is my copy of, you know, Mega Man 5? Where's my Mega Man 2? Where's my... Because I had, like, two and five. Those are the only two that I had growing up. I rented the others. Um, I mean, there was a, a bunch of amazing games. Like, Mario 3 was missing. And, you know, Contra is missing. And <laughs> Here's the crap I don't like. Like, fuck you. Yeah, and it was like... And, yeah. and, of course, I asked her. And she's like, oh, well, the other games are gone now. And I'm like, What? <laughs> Like, Holy how did you balls. get rid of my games, like, and give me garbage games that weren't even mine, like... Never a borrower, lender be, people. Never a borrower or lender be. And and there's a classic one, and I actually heard it on a different podcast this week that I was listening to, and it is a huge thing to take to the bank. When you guys, ever, all you listeners, when you go to college, take your shit with you. Anything you leave behind, or get a storage locker, and or get a <laughs> yeah. storage locker. Anything yeah. you leave in that house is up for fair game, and shit disappears. Yep. Man. It <laughs> always does. Yep. Lock yep. that shit up like Fort Knox, because that's the thing. Like it's stuff will disappear. Um. Yeah, that that shit just drives me nuts, and it's like to this day, like people will ask me, "Oh, can I just borrow this?" And I'm like, "No." <clears throat> you know, and I go to college, and I don't borrow shit out, like after that aspect, like, the next year, my second year of college, and somebody in the dorm that I was at borrowed, like, I think it was Samba de Amigo for the Dreamcast, and then he left and took it with him. Um, and he also borrowed WWF WrestleMania 2000 and took it with him. Like, there was, like, he borrowed, like, two games, and he was, like, two, two rooms down, and, you know, I never got him back. I'm telling you, it's the worst, isn't it? It's like, nah, I, I don't want out shit anymore. And it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I feel like a, a, a turd sometimes when people ask. And I'm just like, no, man, I don't, I don't borrow out anything. <laughs> yeah, it's like, sorry, you know. I, I just I'm better safe than sorry. Too many times. And that's the same I, thing. I, yeah, and I tell people, I'm a, I'm a collector. <laughs> that's another thing I say. Like, yep. So that's part of my collection. Exactly. 
It's part of my collection. Don't look at my stamp collection. <laughs> so yeah, that was my my crazy like Kyle style negative story. <laughs> All those negative stories going to be hard to top yeah. with some positivity. Um, so positivity. Um, you know you can. Legend of Zelda. So, so recently, um, there's been a lot of little Zelda releases. Um, one of them that I was really excited about was the um, Hard Guide Prima release. They did a box set with like I think it was like six different guides. Mm-hmm. Um, and it came in like a treasure box type thing. That's cool. Um, yeah, and so I pre-ordered it when it came out. Um, I didn't realize it, but apparently I pre-ordered it on Amazon Canada. but um you know it took a while to come out and by that time i moved from one house to another when i was in indiana and so i guess they ended up um shipping it to my old address and didn't forward it didn't use tracking and so i contact them excuse me i contact amazon i say hey um i never got the game or i never got the package so they just refunded me my money. <laughs> and That's nice. Yeah. So on the other side, I also backed um, the other version of Kickstarter's Indiegogo. And there was a very small, I think they did a 20-piece release of this Fusion converter for the Neo Geo AES that plays the arcade MBS cartridges in it. Um, nice. All the ones online are, what, like 2 to $400, Kyle? Yeah, for, for the conversions, this one yeah. was sixty bucks. Beautiful, that's Ooh. insane. Though. Professionally made everything. So I bought that, and that guy accidentally shipped it to my house in my old house, my old address. So I um I went there, I contacted my old um my old landlord, and he's like, oh yeah, the the people are there, and I I went there and. Lo and behold, they had three packages waiting for me when I went there. <laughs> Number one, wow, my Legend of Zelda box set sitting there, <laughs> nice. oh, sealed and brand new, and I already got the money back. Yo, so wow, Amazon. Hope Amazon ain't listening. Oh, I hope they are because I told them about it, and they said, "No, you're good." Oh, yeah. Um, oh. and then on top of it, I had the Fusion adapter sitting there, and there was two of them. Wow. Now, they only made 20 of this adapter. <laughs> and somehow, I had two Fusion adapters <laughs> sitting there. <laughs> That's great. So, I mean, are those fully story. compatible? Yeah, 100% compatible. Um, Hell yeah. The only thing, For MVS. The only thing that the, um, the adapters <laughs> don't play in the AES are the newer release games, like the... Um, okay. 
the games like Gun like, Gun Lord and Last Hope and the Samurai Showdown Five or something. No, that one plays fine. I'm talking about okay. the homebrew ones that that are released now by NG Dev Team. Oh, okay. Yeah, those ones are pretty much not compatible. There might be one that works with it, but yeah. So I got two of them, and so and I put one on eBay. So I was like, I had a second one, and it sold for like the price of the normal ones because it's a rare item. There's a reason why the Neo Geo is the uh, was it the Lamborghini, the Ferrari of freaking consoles. <laughs> Ferrari, yes. There's a reason behind that. Um, yeah, so so that that's a good news story. That was like I had the the whole guide set sealed. I haven't even opened it now because I was like, man, <laughs> sealed. <laughs> and and the fusion, you know, and I basically got that for free too. So it was like double whammy, two for one, like awesome freaking day for me. And yeah, it was at my, and you know, the old, the people who are in the house that I used to live in, they could have been like, no. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was two of my stores. <laughs> the other, the other classic is, is like, um, do you guys have any good stories of like how you've gotten some of your systems? Like, cause mine have always been crazy. <laughs> Every single system, Nintendo system that I've gotten has always been like, a crazy, like, barely got it type thing. Yeah, I don't know about crazy, but there's stories. Yeah, because, like, <laughs> so, I mean, my first one, the Nintendo, like, I got that as a hand-me-down from my sister who was done playing the Nintendo. Like, I was never going to get a Nintendo. My parents weren't going to wow. buy me one. My sister just like, oh, here you go, for, for like, my birthday one year. And then, cool. yeah, and then, like, a couple years later, the Mario 3 pack came out, the control deck with Mario 3, and my sister got me that one, too. Yeah. Like, my sister was always wow. hooking me up with systems, and, like, fast forward a few years later, because the Super Nintendo I bought with my own money, but a few wow. years later, the Nintendo 64 is coming out, right? And wow. by that time, I, I like, people who weren't around during that era... By that time, like, you had to pre-order shit. Like, there wasn't any going to Toys R Us the day that something launched and buying the Nintendo 64 or <coughs> buying the newest WWF or WCW game. Like, that shit was sold out. Final Fantasy VII sold out for months. Like, they just didn't stock like they do nowadays. Um, because nowadays they get you with pre-orders because now you get, like, a bonus item. Back then, if you didn't pre-order, you didn't get the game for a month. This is how it was. Um, so, the 64, like, I didn't have the money. Um, I, I worked a part-time job by then, but I didn't have enough money to buy a new console at the time. Um, and my sister was like, for my birthday, she was just like, well, what do you want for your birthday? I don't care. Anything. I was like, anything? Like, would you get me a 64? <laughs> and yeah. my birthday's in October. The 64 was released two days before my birthday. Something like that. Like, wow. it was right around it. And so she's like, well, if you can get one, I'll buy it for you. And I was like, all right. So we went to Toys R Us. They had one Nintendo 64 left. Oh. And we got it with Mario 64. Like... <laughs> Nice. I was like, holy shit. And so I, yeah. I my sister again got me Mario 64 with the game. Wow. 
you know, and now, um, fast forward again, two more generations. The uh, the GameCube I ended up buying while I was in college, but nothing crazy about it, just like Super Nintendo, like I got it normally. But fast forward to the Wii, another system that if you didn't pre-order it, you didn't get it. It was sold out for like a year, wasn't it, when it first came out because it was so popular? Like, it was sold out for a while. Yep. Um, so... I was stationed in the army in Germany at the time, so no chance in hell that I'm getting a Wii. I already, you know, took took it off my mind. Um, but again, my sister coming through, she's like, "Hey, I'm over at Toys R Us. Aren't you looking for a Wii? They have one." <laughs> there you go. And so yeah, this time, you know, I paid. I, I gave her the money. For it, so she could buy it for me, but she bought me and shipped me the freaking Nintendo Wii, and I got it in the mail. Like crazy ass stories, and it all revolves around the generosity of my sister, which I think's rubbed off on me a little bit. Like with like how I'm doing my Kickstarter project and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, Tammy spoiled the hell out of you, but yeah, you know, she was she was awesome. And and the the irony is, as you look back on it, and it's like, yeah, she was you know, going and above and beyond like a sibling would do. And it's like, those are rare siblings to have. Absolutely. <laughs> this crazy shit. But like, like she's had a lot to do with my, uh, love for Nintendo though. She started, she gave me my first Nintendo. You know what I mean? She started the whole craziness. Yeah, I think a lot of it was, she knew your parents didn't get it. And no. she was going to kind of be there to like, make sure you had a good holiday. Yeah, she was always one that was like, she knew what I liked. Yeah. And so she would, like, help. And if my parents weren't going to do it, she was going to do it type mentality. Your parents didn't really, like, listen anyway, you know? No. I mean, my parents were the ones that tried to just get rid of me, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> Same shit, man. But, um, but yeah, it was. it's pretty crazy how that all stemmed around, you know, my sister and shit. Freaking awesome. And yeah, she was badass. Uh, she is bad. She was I mean, back in the day. <laughs> I know it sounds like she we're given like a memorial, like epitaph here, <laughs> dude. But so, no, she, she, yeah. she is a great person. So Kevin, you got some stories? I want to hear Kevin's stories. Yeah. Oh Lord. Well, I can do a, a quick rendition because actually I think it's pretty neat how Jeff did the system thing because that refreshed my memory nice. of how the how the whole growing of a system is. And for me, it was an interesting battle that I had to find a dynamic way to get a system each time. The first uh, Nintendo, obviously, I just cashed out my uh, sixth birthday, so I got the power pad version because it was a little bit later, but luckily it came with the gray gun, so I wasn't as late as Kyle, luckily. So, <laughs> But I did have the advantage of having you know the, the three-way card it came with, so that was my first original Nintendo. Cool. And um, then it's like, okay, the system can only qualify for apparently a big, big uh, birthday or something. So for the next system, I went the Sega route, and, uh, which I don't regret now that I look back. And um, just because Super Nintendo wasn't out, and I was an impatient, bratty-ass kid. So I got a Sega Genesis for my 10th birthday, I remember, and just cashed out, boring, cashed out a birthday. But then the Super Nintendo came out. And then it's like, hey, all my Nintendo games I love, they're remaking them with way better graphics. So I was pretty pissed and didn't get that until I was 14 and could actually get a job. I was doing uh, fence posts. I was just 
digging for fence posts and putting them in and killed myself for an entire summer to buy that damn thing from Fun Clan. Nice. And that was the good old days of buying it used from Fun Clan where they didn't show you what you're getting. And I was a stupid, excited kid that I'm just getting the game, oh, no. you know, the system. Uh-oh. I open it when I get home. The thing's piss yellow. Ah. I'm like, oh, that's great. I'm glad I busted my ass for an entire <laughs> summer to buy a... Looks like my dog lifted his leg on this damn system. You know what I mean? <laughs> but um, I did have a Super Nintendo, at least. That did work. With the copy of Super Mario right. World. Fucking yeah, exactly. Stays. And um, at, I, I bought <laughs> Super Mario World summer. with it, because that's all I could afford. summer. <laughs> oh, the irony of it all. And that's why I sent uh, that Super Nintendo to Custom NES Guy, which looks stellar much better now. So now it's, do a Zelda now theme. it's piss color and Zelda gold. Yeah, exactly. The color it should be for that one. The Legend of, no, of the Link's Day in Summer. Legend of piss. And um <laughs> and and the fast forwards in between even getting that Super Nintendo, um, for whatever oddball reason, I was still they wouldn't buy me a Super Nintendo. I'm like, hey, I want a Super Nintendo. They're like, no, you got a Sega Genesis now. I'm and they knew about other kids having being spoiled brats having both with the Sega and the Super. So my parents were hell bent. They're like, no, you want a Super Nintendo? You figure it out. But go figure. My parents had no problem buying a Sega CD for me for Christmas, even though that was like just as much money, if not more, than a damn Super Nintendo. They're probably so they're in like, a good hey, mood that day, you know. No, they're like, hey, we'll keep investing money in this one system because it connects to it, but we're not going to buy you a whole separate one. And their whole argument was, well, we'd have to buy different games. Don't you have to for a Sega CD buy a different damn game still? <laughs> it's the same mentality. But <laughs> yeah, it's the same, but... but that, that's you know, true. That's, just... that's a classic excuse from parents, though. Like, yeah, I want to buy you a whole new system. They don't get it. You so. already have remember, a Nintendo. Um, Kyle, do you remember Josh? Remember our buddy Josh Paniaguas? Hell yeah. Remember his like Sega guitar story? master? <laughs> oh my god. That he sold yeah, that all of his Nintendo and Super Nintendo games so he could buy the Sega CD and the... Uh... <laughs> yeah. that's that, that reminds me of what I was actually getting at. I made the bad move of... Brutal. I didn't have a computer and we weren't getting a computer anytime soon. And I wanted to play Doom like yesterday. And the only way I could is they bought me a Sega CD, and they were, like, sick and tired of buying add-ons. I actually cashed out a handful of my Sega Genesis games and a handful of NES games to be able to get a 32X on the launch day because the launch day it came with Doom, and that was my very first Doom experience was on a 32X. Boy, was that interesting. Oh, my God. (laughs) But go figure, I didn't know what Doom was, so I still thought it was gold, and then once later down the road in 1995... Because I got that 94, I finally ended up getting a computer. I was oh, like, okay. this ain't Doom. This looks nothing like the 32X, which was a good thing. <laughs> that was going to be my question. Like, when would you get a PC? Okay. No, not until 95, like late 95. So, I mean, think it was like late 94, so about a whole year. The only Doom I knew of was on the 32X, which is pretty crazy when you look at it now. Yeah. But uh, do you know Doom's a damn good game? Because I still loved it no matter how, you know, 32X versions probably borderline, arguably, the worst version out there, really. Yeah, that's one For of the a whole bunch of reasons. Yeah, but uh, uh, since uh, my birthday actually is pretty close to Jeff's, I always had the same kind of pattern with Nintendo. Seems to always, like, come out around October, and with the N64, that was actually my, like, uh, 13th birthday I cashed out, and I got a whole bunch of... Um, Money from everybody. I just cashed out my birthday. I said, everybody, just give me money. I took it all I had, just enough, and I res- reserved one at Best Buy. 
and I got just Mario 64 and the N64 at a Best Buy. That's all I got, which is fine for me for that birthday, because Mario 64 lasted me a long time to beat that for 120 stars. It's a good one At least get. when it first came out. Yeah, yeah. it was a good cash out. And then I just remember... You know what's crazy about Mario 64, though, is that, like, I busted my ass trying to find all the stars, and... Yeah. Um, Every time when you would uh, renew Nintendo Power, they would give you an option to get, like, a strategy guide. Um, yeah, that's right. Because, you know, our, Free our old stories were, you know, we got, like, Legacy of the Wizard with it, or Final Fantasy, or, you know, Kyle... Actually, you know, Kyle got Final Fantasy, I got Dragon Warrior with mine, that's what it was. But um, Kyle got the Final Fantasy guide. But the, yeah. later on, they switched and only did strategy guides. Um, I was like, well, fuck it. I want to get 120 stars. Let me get the Mario 64 guide. And I was still playing it hardcore. And the irony was, is that like, it was like, I got the final 120th star 15 minutes before the mail was delivered with my guide. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I just got the 120th oh, the one and I'm like, Oh, there's my guide. It was the same fucking day. Like I, I couldn't have planned it better. <laughs> <laughs> Good timing. Yeah. Good timing. And I mean, I played that but, game probably for months before I got all 120 because I didn't have a guide or anything. Yeah, no, you just screw around and hope for the best, trying to figure out how to get that damn penguin star or some bullshit back then. It was crazy. And when was the 64 released? What year was that? That was 96, was it? It's 96, I believe. And my first Doom was Doom 64, so... I was like, oh, wow. I was like years behind. Um, I think yeah. before that, I did play Wolfenstein because my sister again had a PC. Okay, she only had Wolfenstein. She never had Doom. So, gotcha. so I played Wolfenstein 3D, and I loved that fucking game. Yeah, that game was still fucking badass. Oh, it's awesome. But um, yeah, yeah that one was hard for me because I played Doom before Wolfenstein. <laughs> no, I mean I did play Doom at some guy named Kyle Gilbert's yeah. house, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, a lot like of Doom, Doom there. Doom was the first first person shooter that I pl- that I ever played, but it exploded everything from there. Like oh, I yeah. I got into like even like the obscure like Corridor Seven and Blake Stone 3D Hell and yeah. Strife and games that like people just have no idea exist. You know, Operation yeah. Body Count, you know? Operation Body. Yeah. Count. And and the thing is, is that I played all those at Kyle's house, like and, Rise of the Triad. But man, we would yeah. like no, Rise of the Triad. Fuck awesome. yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, the thing was is that like when I would go over to Kyle's house, it was like we wouldn't master a game. It would be more like we'd play it for like a little bit because we had so much to catch up on every time we hung out. Because like, no. I mean, we were you know twenty minutes apart, but it was like an eternity when you're living like when we were younger. Nowadays, mm-hmm. it's like, dude, I'd freaking like, take a poop that far. <laughs> That's... But like you know, we're we're now we're like. We were an hour and a half away for you know three years, and we make it happen. Like you know what I mean. Back then, though, it was like we were a few a few towns away, and it seemed like an eternity. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and there were just so many clones of like Doom clones. Oh, amazing! Like, million of them. And uh, you blood. know, uh, I think Red blood. Bandage. Yeah. <laughs> Checks quest. Yeah. <laughs> Shadow Warrior. Shadow Warrior. There you go. They, that um, game's amazing. They redid Shadow Warrior like last year or this year. On Did the they new, really? On the new ones, yeah. And, no shit. Um, yeah, because I was looking up Shadow Warrior and I'm like, I saw some new fucking version and it's on the Xbox One, so. <laughs> That's cool. I guess Rise of the Triad got remade as well, like it's maybe a few years back, but. Yeah, 
I think that yeah. was that was like I think that was last generation. But so this brings us to a perfect segue of uh, Brutal Doom. I think is what we're gonna have to start playing here, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, Never get so, enough Brutal Doom. Yeah, yeah, as we mentioned, Jeff and I like, were talking every other week. Now today. we're gonna try to you know tackle a fucking game that we can bullshit about. Um, the goal is gonna be to play the fuck out of it, not to um, necessarily beat it or you know dedicate a million hours to it. We're gonna play as much as we can so we can you know bullshit about it. Um, Chrono Trigger, we'll just you we'll move it on the on the bullshit homework page. We'll move her down. It's obviously an A plus game. Like I don't think anybody can really yeah. argue that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, it'll be moved down to the normal homework. Just everybody who's listening knows that we're still probably still playing it. <laughs> it's just yeah. it's going to take longer, and I don't want to you know have us talking about Chrono Trigger for the next three months straight. Sure. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. We got so much so much other stuff. So yeah, Brutal Doom, yeah. I've been playing on the side anyways. Um, now it just gives me an excuse to beat it. I've played Brutal Doom to death and done a whole lot of it, so for a different spin, I'm gonna, because I've been wanting to record for the channel, uh, PlayStation version of Doom, because I haven't re-beaten that in a very long time, and that one's got enough differences in there to just talk about in Doom in general about what they did to make it interesting so you guys can compare brutal doom and i'll compare that one just for some variety nice doom world yeah still doom related as long as it's doom hey try it out exactly man i'll play i'll I'll just keep it i'll keep playing until i you know until time runs out so we'll see how far i get that'd be cool because i think i'm like what like eight or nine maybe ten ten levels in playing right now i'll just continue on and see where i'm going from there Cool, cool. Be fucking awesome. Work out. Be a, be yeah. a reason to, to fire it up a few times. So fun. Hell yeah. And then I know um, another one that's coming up soon is that I gotta finish Shovel Knight, and Kevin's been playing Shovel Knight, so that yeah. one will be up on the chopping block, and it's definitely a popular game that needs to be talked about for sure. Yeah, a lot of people complain that one was short, and I feel it isn't short at all. I think it's a good good chunk of game it's, it's good <laughs> it's cool i mean it would be I like mean, it would be like somebody now comparing mega man a mega man game to fucking grand theft auto 5 yeah that's just not a fair comparison it's a fucking retro game like it has more content than a mega man game back in the day which it should because yeah. it's a newer one but the graphics are mm-hmm. also upgraded it's beautiful you're gonna have millions of parallax yeah. scrolling going on like it's outstanding um now you're playing it on the xbox one right yep i get the battle toads that was awesome nice. on there nice um yeah mine i have the wii u version because i backed it and that's the irony is i backed this thing i've had it since date since before it was released and i haven't beaten wow. it and it's just <laughs> i um i would play it it's awesome and i would beat something and i would just save and i'll like i'll come back to it later it's basically yeah. how it went on and I mean, I played it, I think, like, maybe two or three weeks ago and played a couple more levels. That was awesome. Cool. But it's, it's like, nothing that, like, like, it's, that's how I've been with games, because we've been doing all this homework stuff. I've been, you know, sidetracked. Yeah. And it'll be cool. Well, so, so Brutal Doom, though, is definitely where it's, where it's going to be at. If I somehow beat Brutal Doom 1, Doom 2, and... TNT and Final Doom and Final Doom and Plutonia <laughs> and TNT in the next week then I'll move on to Shovel Knight <laughs> yeah now nah, I'm probably gonna it's a tall order I'm gonna play some Brutal Doom but also I think my daughter wants to play some more Chrono Trigger so I'll, I'll be doing oh yeah 
London. Woo! Yeah, she's <laughs> she's uh, always wanting to play something new. We've been playing a lot of Legos recently, though, and so Unky Kyle on the uh, the pirate ship. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, Legos are better than Minecraft. Because <laughs> just to show you how deep me and Kyle run, he's actually my daughter's godfather. So, that's <laughs> yes, Captain Redbeard at your service. He's the godfather. Nice. <laughs> he's, he's more the Brando godfather than Pacino godfather. So, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Brando's the shit. Hell yeah. So yeah, but um, but, yeah. So we've been playing a lot of Legos recently. Um. And so I, I think she definitely will freak out if we start playing a little more Chrono again. She's, she's always enjoying it. But yeah, it's great, so great to hear. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting too, like hearing Kyle's perspective on adjusting to the um, the non-automatic aim on Brutal Doom. That's the toughest thing. Like yeah. I still, because I've played it a lot. Um, yeah, are, are, are like you, it was probably like a year or two ago now though. Are you gonna Maybe still continue with a um, a keyboard and mouse, Kyle? Or are you gonna try to get like a controller? Yeah, I was talking with Johnny. He's like, yeah, just just keep doing it, and you'll you'll get used to it eventually. Yeah. <laughs> um, the controller's cool too, but I, you know, I'm. It's kind of like a little challenge that I think I can do, so oh, it'll be pretty fun. Well, I mean, if you want a real challenge, you can uh, you know, hook up the U-Force to it with an NES adapter. Yeah, oh, yeah. And be like, Rob. Fucking Rob, yeah. <laughs> that's what I was listening <laughs> to, and I was like... That's so great. I need to bust out my U-Force still and play some Mad Wizard on the U-Force and beat it. Because he said it was going to be easy, so I, w- I want to see if it'd be easy. I have to call him out on that. <laughs> That'd be awesome. You <laughs> four. Yeah. Remember, because he still he owes us. What is it? Great. Is it a Castlevania run? Is what he owes us on the U Force? Because he said he would relearn. That's it. right. Yeah. That's the thing with the podcast. We'll never forget. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. Set in stone. That's the really the cool thing is is that the podcast is not only you know to you know have people listen, but it's also a, like kind of a retelling of this time in our lives. And we go back and can listen to it now, which is awesome. It's like a picture of what's going on. Yeah. Your old time capsule. Yeah, and then, exactly. And then the stories, we get a lot of our childhood in there, too, and shit that we've forgotten that we bring up while we're talking about stuff. Great. <laughs> yeah, digging up bones, fun times. Yeah, hell yeah. Fucking awesome. Yeah, so, um, yeah, the, the website's doing some crazy shit we're getting a lot of people listening um i get a lot of people um watching the first or listening to the first episode of the podcast like that's been yeah. the biggest one like if you go on the website on the right corner it shows like the top five for the day like top one is the podcast folder and like they go on the podcast thing and then the next one is vgbs number one that's been the, like the top one for like weeks now Every day. And then um, number 12 is actually this, the third one. And then number 7, Adventures of Shatman and Robin. And then, um, and you know, this is my entire blog. So, like, the podcast is the top four on my entire blog. And then number f- wow. number five is my one of my single credit reviews that I've done. Hmm. I haven't done one in a while. This is really fun to write. But, um, yeah, we got a... Like, we got 15 new subscribers today on the podcast. 
cool. And that's just Excellent. the ones that click Ooh. subscribe on the website. Like, not if you subscribe on, like, iTunes. If you just search it in iTunes, that doesn't count towards yes. this. So, thank you. Yeah. We love you. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And it shows, like, I listen to VGBS number five. It actually shows, like, that I listen to it today. <laughs> I love cookies. <laughs> craziness, man. But yeah, like I can see how many like hits we had today is 340. 350 wow. yesterday, 350 the day before that, 250 the day before that. Like Beautiful. Pretty much it started out we yes. had like 20s and 50s a day of people listening. Then it went up mm-hmm. to hundreds and within the last month it's been almost three, 300 to 400 a day. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's just getting bigger and bigger. It's kind of like, I noticed, uh, Kevin, you're up to like 200-something subscribers on YouTube, right? Yeah, this one's 280-something. Yeah. Damn, Kevin. That's, it's bumping That's up. That's a lot. And, it, I mean, mine. Dude. I got some exposure from a friend. <laughs> hey. Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, that's cool. It's Squealy make, Cat. Make you track. You see his videos. Hell, yeah. <laughs> Gotta love cats. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but the thing is, is that it... It builds on, each, on itself, and I yep. mean, with um, snowball, yeah, with the new VGBS YouTube page that we started. Basically, Kyle's gonna go and he's gonna handpick his favorite spots. Um, he's gonna you know remaster and master it a billion times, make it sound amazing. Um, and then I'm just gonna add either video to it or a picture or something, and we're gonna throw up our favorite parts of the podcast on YouTube to hopefully get some people to you know come and listen. That's basically, basically it. I mean, not expecting to be the AVGN here. We're expecting to be us. Yeah. And great channel. I already feature it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I know we got yes. we got KWK box and all that shit listed yeah. because we got it, man. Yeah. Thank you for listening to VGBS. We appreciate everybody taking the time to get through this whole uh, arduous podcast. We love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to correspond with us, you can email us at vgbspodcast at gmail.com. We also have a phone number. It is 262264VGBS. You can leave us a voicemail. Shoot us a text message. Um, whatever you want to do, correspond. Also, comment on us. Shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Google+. Leave a message on one of Kevin's videos on YouTube. We love hearing what people um, think about the podcast. All right. See you later. Woo. Take it easy, guys. Later.